For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, welcome to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. It is Tuesday, April 30th, and we dive deep into the behind the scenes of my Friday night, which I'll remember for the rest of my life. Mm. So, so thankful for the NFL and the Indianapolis Colts letting me announce the third round draft pick. Pick number 89 uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. A lot happened on Friday, though. The draft was just a cherry on top. We have stories about T.O., Mm-hmm. And Terrell Owens, oh, yeah, Roger right. Goodell, Troy oh. Vincent, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Shane Leckler makes an appearance. You're going to enjoy the hell out of today's conversation. And we talked to Chris Ballard about how I did and Rich Eisen, who had to host 12 hours of live TV this week. <laughs> a lot of really good stuff coming your way, and we're so thankful you chose to listen. Uh, we also put tickets on sale yesterday for six stops of our Pat McAfee Show Does America Tour. Uh, a lot of things sold out very quickly. The website, I think, crashed for a couple minutes. There might be a couple tickets still floating around. Go and pick them up if you're in Pittsburgh, Columbus, Cincy, Des Moines, Detroit, or Burnsville, Minnesota, or you're making the trip. We got some people telling us they're driving for a long, long way to come see us. Yeah. We will make sure it is worth it. We are so thankful for all of you. We're also thankful for our number one sponsor, our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek, who is not only the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth, also on... The moon. the moon. Ever heard of it? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, SeatGeek does something that nobody else does, and that's they scan all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. The greatest ticket available for the greatest price available is what you will get from the greatest ticket app on planet Earth, and that's SeatGeek. SeatGeek has tickets to everything, whether it's the NBA, which we talk about a little bit later today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little, just a little. A little bit. We talk about that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's some theater or comedy, which Todd did this weekend. Todd, mm-hmm. you crushed, by the way. Thank you, sir. Awesome Appreciate that. It was incredible watching you talk on a stage into a microphone with people listening. Thank you. <laughs> uh, also, NHL is still happening. The playoffs are getting electric. Nick, how's it going? It's going great, Pat. And that's hockey talk. <laughs> SeatGeek has tickets to everything. Sports, every type of show you can imagine, and they're the greatest Greatest prices available. Uh, and you use promo code PAT right now. You get $10 off your first order. McAfee, you get $20 off your first order. Shout out to SeatGeek for being the absolute greatest. I thought about selling a little ad space on the draft announcement. A little bit. I got a text from Ian from SeatGeek like the day before that was like, what are we doing? Are we working something here? And I, was like, <laughs> I need to respect the NFL because the NFL gave me a massive platform. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, speaking of another massive platform. Uh, have you heard of Bitcoin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. that. What do I think of when I think of Bitcoin? I think of an opportunity to buy one years ago <laughs> and deciding to turn it down uh, because I didn't really know what it was and I wanted to spend the money on buying shots instead around the world. <laughs> and then lo and behold, what happens with Bitcoin? It goes ahead and blows up and everybody's getting rich, which would have been cool, uh, but it wasn't for me at the time. But now there's this new extension called Lolly oh, where yeah. you can earn Free Bitcoin from over 750 retailers. Retailers such as SeatGeek, Foot Locker, 
Priceline, pay Lolly when Lolly users shop their sites. Lolly then pays you in Bitcoin, letting you earn up to 30% back in Bitcoin on any purchase. You can hold the Bitcoin or cash out anytime to USD and the money is all yours. I know this will be most people's first Bitcoin they have ever earned, but if SeatGeek trusts them, I do as well. Go to lolly.com to earn the money of the future. That's L-O-L-L-I.com. Again, L-O-L-L-I.com to earn free Bitcoin from hundreds of top retailers. You buy something, they give you Bitcoin. That's incredible. And I think it's something where you can look back and be like, hey, greatest decision I ever made was logging on and signing up at lolly.com. Don't be like me who missed the Bitcoin boat. Jump on that boat and ride that bitch to happiness with lolly.com, L-O-L-L-I.com. Let's get into the behind the scenes of an electric draft night. All right. So uh, wild weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Friday night, pretty big day. Sure. Foxy and I got a chance to fly down to Nashville for the draft. Huge thanks to the NFL and the Indianapolis Colts for inviting me to do uh, the third round draft pick nice there. A lot of fun. It was it, awesome. It was a long day, though. We were down there. It was a long day. Mm -hmm. The announcement of the draft pick was just kind of like the cherry on top of the entire day. Uh, as soon as I get there, because my name has been tossed back into mm -hmm. uh, particular conversations go. before the draft announcement. Right. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So before the draft announcement, my name has been tossed back into due to the sheriff uh, <laughs> declining. So now it's a kind of a, a blank slate again. My name has been brought up again uh, for a particular job, Monday Night Football. Ooh. So I was told that it would behoove me to go down and shake some hands of the NFL folks on Friday, which at the draft, I guess there's an entire setup. The NFL community is set up down there. You got the Legends community, you got NFL Film set up down there, NFL Networks there. Everybody that is anybody, anybody that is anybody in the NFL is all down there. So we landed down there like 1130, mm -hmm. and the first thing I went to was called the Commissioner's Forum, oh, which wow. is pretty cool. So there's like an NFL alumni group, which I think the NFL PA puts together. And then there's an NFL legends group that the okay. NFL puts together. We've talked about this legends email yes. that I've showed up on oh, plenty yeah. of times on this show. Mm -hmm. I, I think we've kind of mocked me being considered a legend <laughs> on there a couple of times. But this is my first time really experiencing the NFL legends community. So Troy Vincent, who's... Uh, pretty high up in the NFL. He's an ex-player. Him and Commissioner Goodell put on this forum called the Commissioner's Forum for the NFL Legends community, those who were announcing draft picks. So the second round announced uh, picks had their own forum. That was an hour long. Centonio Holmes, Reggie Wayne, all those guys were a part of that. And then the third round draft pick announcers had their own forum, which is an hour long, at the JW Marriott downtown. So I was invited to that. I had no clue what it was when I was walking in. No clue at all what it was. I, I was told to go to like the second floor here, JW Marriott. Everybody's set up. You're going to go to the commissioner's forum. I thought it was going to be the commissioner just speaking, like kind of lay, the lay of the land or whatever. Uh, they're like, oh, we're going to start in five minutes. There's some food over here if you'd like to go grab it. I go grab a skirt steak or whatever and some water. <laughs> Brent Selleck comes over and talks to me. I'm like, oh, Brent, what's up? You know, he's like, oh, nice. It's my first time meeting a lot of these people. And then we get called over into the room. We walk in there. There's this big grand room, and then there's like 20 chairs sitting in a circle, you know. And Brent goes, I'm gonna I'm talk about lifetime health care. And I was like, You're gonna talk. <laughs> Excuse, me. Excuse me. He was like, Yeah, that's what I'm gonna talk about. I'm like, Oh shit. Like, we're, this, talk? we're talking yeah. at this thing. And he was like, Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, we we talk about things, and then the commissioner and Troy Vincent talk. It's like, all oh, that stuff. I'm like, Oh, oh wow. I was not prepared. For this. <laughs> I was not prepared for this. So I was just like, I'm gonna sit. 
it's 10, 10 chairs on the ground in the middle uh, and then like 10 stools behind them in a circle. So it's like 20 chairs in a circle. Troy Vincent sitting down on the lower level on one end. Roger Goodell sitting down on the other end um, on the on the bottom row across from him. It's kind of a casual setup. As you walk in, Roger Goodell shaking everybody's hands. You know, welcoming. I went in firm, mm. by the way, very firm. Got Good idea. Yes. Very yes. firm. Eye contact. Very strong. You know, how's it going, Kamish? Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, you hold on a little longer. Oh, yeah, he did, actually. Bro. Really? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did <laughs> he hang knows. on. He knows. I thought it was over, and he kept it going. I was like, ah. Fuck, I should have known. He shakes a lot of hands. I should have yeah. known. I didn't break eye contact, though, so it was it was good, but it was a great handshake, great nice. handshake. So he sits down. We're all kind of in a circle. In the room, Dante Hall's in there. Legend, oh, by the wow. way, Dante Hall's in there. Terrell Owens is in there. Uh, let, uh, he had a performance in this. Uh, he was hilarious. T.O. was... It wasn't Terrell. Oh, let's go. T.O. T.O. was very much in there. Uh, there were some other legends in there. Brent Selleck, obviously, I mentioned him. Uh, and then this guy named Rayfield Wright, who you don't know yet, probably. He is an electric human being. <laughs> he played in the NFL for 13 years for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he's he's 72 years old now at this point. He's sitting on the outer rim of the thing, uh, cockeye right over right shoulder of Roger Goodell. Next to him, Jackie Slater, who's Matt Slater's father. He of played course. 20 years in the NFL for the Los Angeles Rams. True, we kind of went around the room and said, like, name, how long you played, and shit like that. There. Eight was the bottom number. So I played eight, and there was a couple of us eight. Everything else was above. It was like okay. 13, 15, 20. I mean, there was some real OGs in there. And I didn't fully understand what we were doing to begin with, right? So I'm just sitting back just kind of like, all right, I'm going to hang out here, watch everybody else go to work. And it leads off with um, uh, lifetime health care, and then there's some other conversations about the rules of the games changing. T.O. starts asking about how we care about quarterback's health, but we don't care about wide receivers or running backs health or anything Ooh. like that, which spurs an entire conversation about the rules changing. And then one of the OGs, OGs asks about like, why, why is this all for PR? All these rules changing? Like, is it for anything other than PR? Is this for anything other than people from outside the world of football trying to influence the game of football itself? And Roger Goodell, I will say this. I've talked about how good he is as a talker. In there, he handled himself exactly the, the way you would expect. Very professional. He said, no, it's because data that we were getting uh, was like alarming. He was, the, the data we were getting that started in 07 was alarming. And we it was hard for me to sleep at night, basically, knowing that this game was oh, happening. And the things that, yeah, yeah, like it was like a real answer, right? right. But a couple of the OGs were like, oh, that bullshit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was, they were really putting it on Troy and Goodell. Like, it was really going at it. And then this guy... Ray Field Wright, man. Ray Field fucking Wright. We looked up his appearance rate, and we're going to pay him extra, whatever it is. I'm going to try to get him in here. <laughs> He's like six foot seven. He's a very large man, old man. He's sitting at the edge of his stool. I think he had like... Uh, Maybe it was something he was holding his hands on. It was like either a cane or something else. And he's just sitting at the edge, listening to everybody talk. And then they mentioned the fining that the, the Institute to fine. So people stop hitting it and all this stuff earlier in the conversation. And he just goes, $15,000. That's a fine. 
that's my rookie contract. <laughs> and he like stands up now. Like he's standing up. He's like, I'm tired of the talking. I'm tired of, I'm going to walk out of here. And he just starts like yelling basically. And Goodell is looking over his shoulder at this guy. And Rayfield Wright just puts on a show about everything that's wrong with the way the OGs of the NFL are handled. And to Troy Vincent and Roger Goodell's credit, they sat there. They understood the passion and the hurt in the pain and they're like we're going to try to make this happen we're going to try to change some things to make it better and it was it became the Rayfield Wright show about it was a 55 minute meeting scheduled and about 35 minutes in it became the Rayfield Wright show <laughs> he threatened to walk out three times I'm going to walk out of here I'm going to walk out of here are you laughing oh no 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 uh, it, I couldn't I the, because it was so, it was coming from a place of like real passion. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It was coming from a place of like, it, it, like, hey, there's some real, the way the OGs have been treated, um, the OOGs, like the pioneers of this game, the the old guys, the way they feel is very, by the way, I, I would assume justified. I'm not one of them, but they are not happy with the way the NFL PA treats them, right? Because I remember being in the NFL at a meeting right before the CBA or right after the CBA in mentioning how, like, hey, we're all going to be ex-players at some point. Shouldn't we allocate some money towards ex-players? And basically the response from the NFLPA was like, they can take care of themselves. We got to take care of us. That's insane. Yeah, it's like kind of like that type of situation. So I couldn't even fathom what it's like for the fucking guys who are here way before CBAs and commercials and these old guys, right? Yeah, he cares. So they were not happy. And Rayfield was like, when I walk out of my house, people know me. (laughs) People know me. I represent the NFL, I represent the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and I represent the Hall of Fame. Cool, and he right? said, and I got to do, res- I got to respect people because I represent those things. But it feels like the league don't re- don't respect me. And uh, and he was like, now I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. But guys I played with, not fine. They need to be taken care of. And I'm going to walk out of here. <laughs> like he kept threatening, right? And it was, it was. I think, like some real steps were made. Like, I think some real steps were made. Like, I think there was some actual conversation that broke through with Troy Vincent and Roger Goodell. And I spoke up at the very end of the meeting. How do you follow that? So there was a lot of bickering. I mean, T.O. and Troy Vincent got into it at one point, and it was fucking hysterical. I mean, it was like a comedy break almost in the middle of the thing. (laughs) There's a lot of passion in there, but it was just like we're back in the locker room again. You know, everybody's shit-talking. And I will say, to Goodell's credit, like... I don't think I've ever seen Goodell in that type of atmosphere where he isn't all buttoned up, suited up. He had a polo on and some khakis. Oh. And he was giving it. I mean, he was he was having real. Yeah. It was real. Guys. Yeah, it was Being real. Being personable. Yeah. It was awesome. It was actually really cool to see. I think the NFL should show that a little bit more often. Yeah, maybe you know, record it. Yeah, I think they should show that a little bit more often, the way Goodell handled himself in there. But I tried to wrap it all up at the end, basically, right? And as soon as I started talking, because the one half of the room was doing all the talking, the other half where I was sitting was the younger generation. We were kind of quiet. And I just kind of like poked my hand in real quick. It was like probably the 50th minute in. And I summarized everything and I gave a couple answers like to some things. I was like, with the way marketing is these days and the way insurance companies love marketing, there has to be some insurance company that the NFL could team up with to get the OGs some lifetime health care. I mean, even if you have to pay for it, I'm assuming that there's some deal that could be negotiated. I, yeah, that's, I, that's I might not idea. be 100% certain. I don't, I've never dealt with the insurance companies. That seems to be a little bit bigger. But that seems like something that could happen. Yeah. Goodell, by the way, writes it down. Mm. Oh, I'm wow. like, okay, 
By the way, whole room gets quiet at this point. I'm like, all right, I'm on to something. <laughs> all right, I'm on to something. And I was like, and obviously, there isn't a lot of trust with the NFLPA amongst the OGs. I think we can all feel that. At the next CBA, if the NFL was to say, hey, we want an OG fund in here too. It doesn't have to be a massive one. You get 55 or 60% of the TV ratings of the NFL, 45, whatever it is, to the players. But if you just take like 2% out of that and say, hey, we want this to go to the OGs and take care of the OGs and however the OGs distribute it. I think the NFL would get great PR out of that. I, I think you would be taking care of the pioneers of the game. It would show that you care about the ex-players, the people that laid the foundation for this sure. place. And also, Dante Hall led off the whole meeting with, it feels as if you're trying to get rid of kick returners, which is in special teams, which is how I've made my entire life. And then remember the PR talk about the game and the rules changing. I was like, also, I feel like if you guys just come out and say, yo, there's an inherent risk. In playing in yes. the NFL. Instead of just always adjusting and diving because the, the media tells you to, boxing's been around a long time, a long time, and there's just an inherent risk. I think if you came out and just said, hey, listen, this is our league. These are our stats. If the players want to play, they can play. If not, they at least know what they're getting into. Yes. I think that's a PR spin as well. These that's are all the things I think that we could really figure out. And then mm -hmm. I was like, and that's all I got. And then I sit back, and everybody's just kind of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and they look around, and then Rayfield Wright goes, if you ain't never put your hand in the dirt, you shouldn't be deciding anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he like gives me like a nod of approval. <laughs> and then uh, the meeting basically ends. And I was like, all right. So Dante Hall came up to me directly afterwards. Like as soon as it ended, Dante Hall came up to me. He was like, I, I would have loved to have heard the answer that they were going to give you. It sucks we ran out of time. I was like, I feel like that will probably be discussed in the future, you know. And I was like, very nice to meet you, very nice to meet you. And everybody had to leave and go their separate ways. And we go down the escalators, and I'm telling Foxy what happened. I'm like, mm -hmm. Foxy, there was a fucking moment back there, man. <laughs> and Rayfield writes down at the bottom with his wife. And I go, sir, I didn't know who you were before today. You were the most electric human I've ever met in my entire life. And he goes, thank you, and shakes my hand, and I just walk away. And I was like, man, what a fucking moment in there. I was like, Foxy, you missed it. Foxy, you missed it. So we meet up with Shane Leckler after that to go record this Legends podcast. Mm -hmm. And Leckler went out the night before because he had to go to the Bud Light party. So he slept through the commissioner's forum. <laughs> and I was like, bro, you fucking missed it, man. You missing in there. T.O. and Troy were kind of batter, bickering back and forth about the rules of the game. And then this Rayfield Wright guy is a legend. And Dante Hall was in there. He was like, oh, I know Dante. I'd, hey, Shane Lego was like, I had to punt to him in college and in the NFL. Oh, <laughs> he was like, he was a nightmare. But it was just, uh, it was a wild day. Did a podcast with Leckler and Scobie. Hung out with him and then uh, shook some hands with the NFL Films people, recorded something for the Top 100. They're having a 100-year anniversary thing. And then I shook some hands at NFL Network. And then finally, we get on a bus mm -hmm. to go over to the draft, sit backstage for six hours, and then <laughs> whammy, we go up there and do our thing. But it was, uh, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome fucking day. I was very lucky to be there. Do you feel like this is the first time? Because you've done a lot of things for on behalf of the NFL in the past. Do you feel like this was the first real run where they're like, fucking pats the guy well i think it was awesome to hear these legends come up to me and tell me that they're a fan of mine right so like a lot of people come up and say like i love your stuff i love what you do it felt as if i had garnered a bit more respect from people not uh -huh. granted mm -hmm. not all the legends knew who the fuck i sure. was right yeah, I, mean, of course not. I said my name they had heard of me but it wasn't like anybody knew me but there's a lot of guys that came up to me and foxy and were very 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 nice to me like Overly nice. Well, that's what I said after to Pat on the plane home. I'm like, I forget sometimes who the fuck is listening to this podcast. And it was really, really cool to see that. Yeah, you, know? you get these people to come up and they just treat Foxy as if he's like... 
I'm a guy for some reason. Yeah, like <laughs> very nice to find. Like, hey, Fox, you need anything? Like that type of stuff. Gotta, it's be, weird. The pub. Gotta be the pub. Well, there's a lot of people <laughs> listening to the show, though. Yeah, like a lot man. of old legends listen to the show because I think it makes them feel as if it's a locker room environment again. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like it. But it was. It was awesome to be there. And yeah, I do feel like I was treated with a lot more yeah. respect uh, than, nice. than yeah. in the past. Speaking which is awesome. of, there was a picture. I'm yeah. sure everyone on the internet yeah. saw it. Oh, yeah. It did the conversation with Reggie Wayne finally happen. Okay, so Reggie <laughs> was coming out of the first commissioner's forum as I was going in. Okay, so he's coming out. I'm going into the next one because he announced the second round. I announced the third one. And he goes, hey, man. Why you tell people we ain't never talk? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, well, well I mean. Well, he was like, we taking a photo tonight. I'm sick of seeing those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. I just started, I started awesome. laughing, but he dapped me up, you know, and uh, it, was a, it was a pretty cool moment, but I was going in while he was going out. So we still, by the way, <laughs> still didn't get to have a conversation. But then whenever we arrived at the draft, because uh, we get there early, just in case Chris trades up to the beginning yeah, of the third sure. round, yeah. they needed us. They're, they were actually rushing us in the back. I did yeah. an interview with Fox, and they were like, let's go, like forcing me to get back to the green, sc- uh, green room while the second round was still happening. So they were like worried that something, a potential move was going to happen, I mm-hmm. guess. And when I get there, Reggie came back from one of his picks. It was after he fucking sawed them down. <laughs> and he came back, and I was with, uh, I was with Leckler. Uh, I think Mangold was there at the time and yes. Foxy and um, Reggie comes walking by and he walks up and he daps me up or whatever. And then he gives Shane Leckler his big hug <laughs> and Shane goes, uh, you know, Pat, <laughs> I like Leckler and Reggie goes, man, let's get this photo. So that, <laughs> that photo that everybody saw there, Shane Leckler took that picture. Yep. So wow. like, I think that is something that wasn't talked about. <laughs> like awesome. a hall of famer took that photo and then me and Reggie talked for like 10, 15 minutes and it was a good conversation. It was a really cool conversation to be honest with you. And I thought he performed very well on the stage. I enjoyed watching him uh, talk a little shit up there. There, but uh, I. By the way, a little inside information. I planned on zero shots at the Tennessee Titans. Zero we shots. Know that. Hey, we can verify that because we have a a pretty big following down in Nashville, and a lot of Titans fans. And the Tennessee Titans are very for the brand. I mean, they were one of the first teams to put yeah. up for the brand. Love Nashville. I planned on zero shots at the Tennessee Titans fans, but once Reggie basically goes viral for doing mm-hmm. it, I mean, I. I I'm left no other option. No. <laughs> hey, you can't ignore you it. it. You, you had to take his back almost. Exactly. You know what I mean? also because, did it in a way yeah. that you took a shot at yourself yeah. as well. Well, yeah, for perfect. sure. And by the way, I, I feel uh, there was um, a lot of positive response to uh, my thing, which decent amount. I'm very thankful for everybody. I I don't want to say we knew it was going to happen, but I think we all pretty much knew it was going to happen up there. You give anybody that has just a little bit of a gift of gab in that situation with 200,000 people live and millions of people watching. In that setting, there's going to be a chance for something magical to happen. Please welcome from uh, West McAfee. Virginia University, oh, 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 2014 Colts Man of the Year and two-time Pro Bowler. We have a seven-second delay. He's Man of America, not Man of the Year. He's Man Hello, of America. Hello, Nashville. I'm not going to say a single word about the Tennessee Titans record against Uh-oh. the Indianapolis oh, Colts boy. because I was a punter, and there's no reason for me to talk about that. <laughs> With that being said. We did not punt much against the Tennessee Titans, so you probably have no clue who I am to begin. (laughs) Two years ago, when I retired from the Colts, I retired alongside two greats, Robert Mathis and Joe Wright. A couple months later, I watched the draft. Robert Mathis announced the pick. Joe Wright announced the pick. 
and then an orangutan announced the fourth round draft pick. I was replaced by a zoo animal. I was not upset about it because the orangutan was terrible at his job. With that being said, the Indianapolis Colts are the hottest team, not only in the AFC South, but the entire NFL. A young nucleus surrounding the Stanford nerd, Andrew Luck. Two old pros were drafted last year, 10 this year. And with the 89th pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard select future Hall of Famer, nice. linebacker from Stanford, Bobby Okariki. Okariki. <laughs> Pat McAfee, everybody. I feel like I didn't even bury the Titans that much. I, I feel like it was a very, very subtle shot. There were some old white people, though, from Tennessee that did not <laughs> they did not love it. But I had an absolute blast. It was a really fucking cool day. I will say that. Very cool day. Uh, Nick had a great tweet, um, and I wanted to follow up on it. That that was basically a quarter of what you had planned on saying. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when did you decide to fucking shorten it? And well, sh- or maybe. So the night before, when I was watching Thursday night, mm-hmm. And Goodell was just going up, announcing the pick, and they were moving on. I was very worried. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be saying anywhere near as much as I. Good, because I wondered myself. I was like, man, I hope Pat just doesn't go up there and do like a with the the pick. Hello, Tennessee. But on the plane, I was told, I forget who I talked to. Somebody told me that Nate Burleson, oh, Adam Lefko. Yeah. Adam Lefko. I talked to Lefko because he took our sticker off of his fucking studio. (laughs) Right, yep. Which, come on. Come on, go. Come on, come on, left go. Uh, I talked to him and he said, "You're announcing it." You know, Nate Burleson's words from that draft day are actually printed on uh, the Lions practice facility, so like they actually have him quoted on the. So I was like, "Okay, let me see what this is," because I've never really paid attention to other people doing draft picks. Then I watched his speech and I was like, "Oh, okay, so I can talk a little bit. So I can talk a little bit." And then I kind of watch as the day went on. And I kind of got a, a feel of how long I could go and how long I couldn't go and what was too much and what wasn't enough. Okay. And yeah. that's when I decided to take out the uh, Johnny Unitas speech yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the Peyton Manning speech yeah. Yeah. and the Mayflower trip from Baltimore <laughs> in 86 to Indianapolis and just go straight to the hits. You know, yeah. just go straight mm-hmm. to the heat for the, the modern Indianapolis Colts team. But, yeah, there was, um, there was quite a little – everybody was – Everybody was very positive. I mean, uh, a lot of heels in the WWE quotes we did were like, this mm-hmm. is a fucking yep. perfect heel promo, which I respect a lot. I do wish I could have taken them on a little bit more of a ride because I think the ending would have been uh, beautiful. But I, I just, I enjoyed the fuck out. I mean, when you walk out there and there's 200,000 people there, oh, yeah. the <laughs> amount of energy that you just immediately mm-hmm. feel, it's like, okay, here we go. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yep. And then you look over and fucking Schefter, the guy I pointed out was Schefter, because as soon as I get on the thing, Schefter pokes his little head up from around somebody <laughs> and goes like this. And I was like, ah, Schefter, what's up, buddy? Guys, and then I, and I look over and Eisen has like his head down. And I'm like, oh, everybody knows what's about to happen. <laughs> and then I look down there at the bottom. I look across at the bottom and these people had no idea who I was. They're down here. These people had the no plants. idea. They, they, they just had no clue who I was. Yeah. Those fake fans, they recruit from somewhere, dress them up and put them in the front. Is that what yeah. you think they were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Colts fans were the normal. 
normal diehard Colts fan. So okay, like, that's good to know. So th- so I've so seen the Tony Dungy too. guy. Yeah, Cloney Dungy. I've seen that group before. They obviously were very excited, and they could see my head like from behind the stage. I was kind of off stage waiting to go out, and the Colts fans were directly in the – and there was this one guy that was just shaking his head. <laughs> and I was like, hey, here we go, man. And there was a producer that was right next to me. He was like, uh, are you nervous? Like giving me this whole like, are you nervous type of thing? And I was like, uh, no, man, no. Buddy, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, man, this is no big deal. And then the music started hitting a little bit, and I started like, dan- I always like give like a little dance beforehand. It's like I have like a full speech to myself. Like, well, here we go. Let's go fucking own this thing. It's like a full speech I give myself before I kick any balls or before I go do any stand up. It's like a, it's like like a nice little mental reset with myself. And while I'm doing that, this guy is like, uh, fifteen seconds until you go. Fifteen <laughs> seconds. I'm like, you got it, man. Just tell me when to fucking walk. Out. Jesus Christ, this Jason Bourne. He was a really nice guy, though. He was. Of course. Uh, he was a nice guy. And then they tell me to go out there, and I was like, wait, I can't even really hear the guy announcing me, so I don't want to talk over the guy. And then I hear it, and then that was whenever I saw a big-ass picture of myself. You see me look back, <laughs> and I saw a big-ass picture of myself. I was like, oh, fuck. I saw you look at that, and maybe like, you like, kind of like took it in. For yeah, a it was. It was pretty cool. I mean, my face was... I mean, it was probably 15 yards tall. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> All right, here we go. Right before uh, um, I go out, like probably pick 86 or 87, I'm in the back in the little staging area. Roger Goodell's back there, all the people. And I show up with the, my outfit, and he goes, this is your look? And I was like, oh, another WrestleMania moment. So I'm, like, another, I'm about to get kicked out of here like Michael Cole wanted to do. And I was like, hey, the shoes are fucking fresh, though. And he was like, yeah. And he daps me up, gives me a hug. He's like, you're going to crush it out Let's there. I was go. like, thanks, oh, man. On. I appreciate that. He was... I, I, he gets a lot of heat because he has to make a lot of terrible decisions that are no-win decisions. He was nothing but nice to me, and uh, I think he enjoyed the hell out of what happened out there. Did they give you any parameters in terms no. of like, hey, can't nope. say this, can't say okay. that? Okay, go. good fucking call. So after he sees me and goes, this is your look, and I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, here we go. I fucked it up again. I feel like I look pretty <laughs> clean. We actually went to a honky-tonk to get the button down because I was going to wear a T-shirt underneath <laughs> that thing. But you had pants on. And, and, well, I had pants on for sure. I was going to wear pants for sure, but I was going to wear a T-shirt underneath the sport coat and it looked good like the outfit looked good but everybody during after the commissioner's forum was basically like we're gonna we're wearing suits wearing full suits and i was like uh, i should probably go get a button done so foxy <laughs> and i go walk on broadway we literally walk from the hotel to broadway to a honky tonk and buy a button down day of so that button down was bought Probably an hour and a half, two hours before mm-hmm. I go up on yep. that stage. From Target. I busted open the fucking, uh, no, from a honky tonk. Oh, my bad. Jeez, I literally said it three times. <laughs> no, 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 I, I heard you, but I didn't hear you, you know? No, you heard me. You weren't listening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard it's you, kind of your thing. You. Kind of your it thing. It happens to me all the time. So I go in there, uh, and I have that moment with Goodell, and I complimented him for the way he handled himself in that forum. I mean, there was a lot of shit. He was, he was good in there. And he goes, yeah, we got to get it fixed. You know, we'll figure it out. There's a lot of stuff that happens on a database. We'll figure it out. And there's this lady named Tracy who is a sweetheart. I guess she is the, she's the point for everything NFL. Like Tracy runs everything. And he's like, uh, go talk to Tracy. She'll get you set up. I walk over. That's where all the cards are. With insert name here, blah, blah, blah. And this, in my head, I'm like, okay, they can tell me right now. Like, if I have 30 seconds, like, they can give me any rules. All they said was, make sure at some point you read this card word for word. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then she was like, good luck out there. I was like, well, they fucked. They could have, she could have told me like, Hey, this gotta be under 30 seconds or anything. And then as I was just waiting out there, when that guy was talking to me, I was actually thinking at one point, like, Hey, they didn't tell you any rules. <laughs> hey, they told you no rules, mm-hmm. but probably not the full Baltimore thing. <laughs> Let's probably take out Unitas. 
and Peyton Manning's enormous brain, which I was going to say at one point with a massive forehead. I stayed away from that. And then it was like, well, they, they had the chance to tell you, but if they, they knew what they signed up for. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Let's fucking go. And then it was the walkout thing. And so it was, you took it out like 10 minutes beforehand? What's that? Like the speech? Like you fixed it up like 10 minutes before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right yeah. before. Yeah. And the fucking the whole shot about the Titans. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't ready to go. Oh, I mean, that whole rude. thing. <laughs> but it was, I had the card though five minutes before I got on stage. I knew who we were drafting five minutes before Shit, we got on stage. I know. I should have texted you guys to put some money and try to make some money. <laughs> yeah. But the, the phonetic spelling right underneath it, by the way. They, they had one guy, one particular intern there, told me like three times how it was pronounced. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Fucking Ballard gives me this name. Can we just get a Chris Smith? <laughs> this kid's biggest day, right? I yeah, mean, this biggest, is the biggest yeah. day of this kid's biggest, life. Yeah. Last thing I want to do, because I get mcafee all the time. And I don't love it. Last thing I want to do for that guy is, you know, Okariki. Okariki. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. The, the awesome. throwback thing that you, you, you do to like a tribute to the old timey boxing announce boxing announcing. Yeah. Dave was mentioning it earlier. Could you say Okariki? Okariki. Yeah. Like that's the thing Bill Burr fucking loved yeah, that yeah. you did at Rough and Rowdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the second. The second. Yeah, the second. The second. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I got a text from a lot of people. I got messages from a lot of people. Uh, and that was very, very incredible. Triple H sent me a text. Yep. Yeah, it was cool. Told me it was good. Amazing exact words. Michael <laughs> nice. Cole, same thing. He and I are, by the way, still good. There we go. I think a lot of people would wonder that. Michael Cole and I are still good. He found it entertaining how it, that story took off on the internet, though. <laughs> he was like, Jesus, Pat. You <laughs> did a lot of steam there. I was like, yeah, that's my fault, man. I Always apologize. a heel at heart. SVP's tweet. Yeah, hey. Oh, yeah. That was, all, that was right before we were getting on a plane. Yep. There was no internet on our flight home, uh, so we couldn't really keep up with anything. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that was an inside joke right there for Gorman. If it ain't running, we, we ain't flying. flying. No, no, no. God damn. I wanted to pull that, but I couldn't. I just had to get you down to Tennessee. We had literally man. no other options. But before we took off, as we were getting on a plane, hey, Herb Street was in the, uh, in the JW Marriott. We got mm-hmm. a chance to dap him up. Everybody was just so nice and so complimentary. And then I'm scrolling through the tweets or whatever, and I see Scott Van Pelt, and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> this guy is good. Like I go. respect the hell out of him, and I, I that meant a lot. I mean, everybody's kind words. Uh, it means so much. It really does because it's not always like that. By the way. <laughs> My life is not always like people saying nice things to me. So I very much appreciate it. Obviously, the internet enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. You guys, the boys oh, here, had a great time with sort it. Of. I appreciate you all so much for your love. Um, let's hear how the war room enjoyed it. Quick conversation with Chris Ballard earlier today. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, fresh off a monster weekend where his war room was guided through the ups and downs of the NFL draft like he was fucking Aria. Ladies and gentlemen, general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard. Chris, how's it going, buddy? We're good. Thank you. All right. Quick question. Um, When you sent me the text around pick 81 when you were pick 89 telling me that you were trading out of the third round did that make you feel good <laughs> i just 
I just wanted to see if I could get a rise out of you before the pick. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is a true story. We we're sitting backstage. Foxy and I were with Shane Leckler, TJ Yates, Nick Mangold, amongst other legends is what they were calling us. And we sat there for seven hours. I mean, it felt like we were there for a long time. I felt like Brady Quinn on draft night. It was a long time back there. And I get a text from Ballard that says, hey, man, we're trading out of it. And my exact response was, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> do what you got to do, man. How did you feel? How did you feel about draft weekend? It was good. Um, you know, we got, I mean, look, what does every GM say? We just had a great weekend. So, <laughs> I, I mean, if I caught up here and said, hey, we just had a shitty weekend, um, that would give great confidence to everybody. So we think we did good, but like anything, I mean, now they got to go prove it. Now they got to go play and prove it. I assume that there's a couple guys that you have targeted and slotted in certain spots. Did you get the most of the guys that you were looking to get? And was it one of those ones the guys you expected to be available were available? Yeah, we we you know we do a lot of work on one. We don't really care, you know, where everybody else has them slotted. Um, we just kind of take them as we see fit and as we think we can, uh, how they're going to help our football team. So, but every guy that's on our board, Pat, I mean, I tell people this all the time, if they're up there and they're still, and they've gone through our filters, uh, I mean, if we take them, then we liked them. So I think at the end of the day, we had 176 guys on our board and any guy we took, we were going to feel pretty good about. Urban Meyer was on Dockage's show earlier today and called Paris Campbell the next Percy Harvin. Is that the same thing you're seeing? He's pretty talented. Um, he's, you know, he's athletic. He's fast. Um, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. So we, we feel pretty fortunate um, to get him where we have, you know, at 59. We didn't think he would be there at 59. Okay, so I'm walking on the stage to make that announcement. What is the war room like? Is everybody quiet? Is everybody on the edge of their seats? What is the feeling? Set the room of the war room as I walk out there looking fresh as a motherfucker <laughs> about to announce Bobby Okariki. So there was great anticipation because you were doing the call. And as you were going through, and it just – and it just kept building and building and building. And Mr. Ursay is just letting out this loud laugh as you're going along. Um, so I and look, that was awesome. It wasn't just it was uh, you and you and Reggie both. Awesome. What a great what a tremendous job representing the horseshoe. Uh, well, we were very lucky to do so. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I think you guys dominated the draft. And just like I said in my speech, two all pros last year, probably 10 this year. That's got to feel pretty fucking good. Boy. Hey, you're just, you're getting just like Mr. Ursay. <laughs> no, hey, let's just set the bar. Let's just set the bar as high as we can and go get it, right? Yeah. Hey, brother, we want to win six Super Bowls in the next six years. Huh? I was wondering if that was possible. Uh, I know you got a lot of work to do, man. I appreciate you so much for the opportunity. And thanks all for right, giving, brother. thanks for giving me a name that is pretty fucking, uh, <laughs> Electric. I mean, Bobby Okariki is an electric name. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, he's good. And he's a good player, too. Well, that's good news. He's a future Hall of Famer. I said it right there. Chris Ballard, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you, man. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now, a reading from Jose Zito Perez. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Don't forget to think. The real pros, this mother that... 
What's up? Thanks, thanks, Pat. Like, don't forget to thank, man. Don't forget to thank the real pros this Mother's Day. Where would, where would you be without your mom? I'm going to tell you, I don't know where I would be without my mom. I, I kind of hope she told me how to read a little better. But, um, well, technically, without your mother. Yes, I wouldn't yeah. be here. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to be giving her some pro flowers. Ooh. Oh. I got her a... They look beautiful. A one dozen assorted roses. <laughs> and a, a, one, a, a one, one dozen. dozen. You got her a one dozen? <laughs> yes, I did. In a best mom vase as well. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, Pro Flowers lets you choose from a variety of banquet banquets and unique vases. <laughs> <that> okay. <laughs> No, oh, he didn't. Banquet. No, he didn't. Oh, no. You no. buffoon. No. How many Coors Lake commercials have you seen? No. This is not you good. Didn't I don't. Banquet. Okay. I don't like this one. <laughs> the pubs does still, in fact, have mice. I don't know if I can keep going after this. You, you want to pet? Right. You, know, yeah, you can do it. it. From the top. Hey, let's line go, up Z. all them banquets, bro. Let's go. Let's go. It also right. sounds like you're saying profilers. <laughs> no, you're good. Just go. Don't worry about that. You part? have an accent. Just keep it going from right there. All right. Flowers are pretty. Uh, pro flowers let you choose from a variety of banquets, bouquets, Nailed it. and unique faces and suit. <laughs> Suits every mom style. <laughs> then simply select the delivery date you want. Pro Flowers carefully packages your flowers and delivers them fresh from the farm. And express delivery means her flowers stay fresh. Right now, get one dozen sorted roses for $19.99. Double it, the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Visit proflowers.com. Click the microphone in the upper right corner and enter my code AMERICA. That's proflowers.com. Click the microphone code AMERICA. Mother's Day is May 12th, so don't wait. Orders like a, order like a pro and get this amazing rose deal to thank all the moms in your life. What's the deal Let's again? Go. It is. <laughs> uh, get one dozen assorted roses for $19.99. Double the rose and get a premium vase for $9.99. Oh, wow. That's a good deal. Wow. Good nice. deal. Come good on. deal. Special Great thanks deal. to Pro Flowers. We had a good run with them. <laughs> <laughs> had a real good run with them. Appreciate everything. <laughs> for the sake of Zito, please go to proflowers.com. Hit the microphone. Enter code America. Yep. Take care of your mom, the most important person on this planet, mm -hmm. and get a great deal from proflowers.com. Banquet. It's <laughs> unbelievable. You graduated high school and college. Yeah. That's incredible. Good for America. Back to the conversation. <laughs> How much did yeah. you enjoy the fact that Jim Ursay enjoyed what you said as much as the rest of the I, world? Did? I mean, just thinking of Ursay sitting there, though, on his seat, like, here we go, brother. <laughs> brother and his brother. I wonder if he stood up, too. Like, I'm going to walk out of here. No, I'm <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, that's Jim Irsay has done a lot for me in my life, obviously, and affording me the opportunity to go do that announce is awesome. So I'm happy he enjoyed it. I mean, I'm happy I didn't saw him. I'm happy he wasn't pissed off. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. Really good news. We had a guy who, Jeffrey Gorman, used to be Irsay's right-hand guy, still good friends with him. Uh, you had the opportunity to be in the war room there with Chris Ballard and the whole squad. I don't know how many nights. Uh, I know at least first round. I don't know if you were in there on Friday as yeah, well. Yeah, we did 
Friday, Saturday. It was at, good. Hey, that war room you said was it was a cool time. In oh, there. it was amazing watching Ballard do what he does and stuff. But I'm just going to – I'll give you some more later on that, but I'll, I'm just going to be in the specifics about when you were doing this, okay? So I'm all fired up because I got this in – you know, this can be great. And all the TVs are – they're sort of lower so everyone can talk. NFL Network over there, ESPN over here, and then underneath that you got your direct line from – for to Nashville, so you would see we would see picks coming up, two in front that they're going up and announcing. You know, got what it. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you're seeing this stuff. So, um, so they're they they get their guy Okarike, and they're excited. Everyone's excited. We got to put the card in. Let's go. Everybody's clapping and stuff like this. And Ballard leaves. Ballard leaves the war room. Ursay gets up to leave the war room. Oh, so no. I so I see Matt Conti, who's you know the PR director over there, and I go Conti get. Go get Ballard. Go, go get Ballard. This is coming up right now. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he goes and finds Ballard. And Ballard knew all the time he was coming back, but he knew he had a window of time. So yeah. he comes back in. Boom. Somebody hits the uh, volume thing. and it's Turns on. it up. Ooh. <laughs> and it's the whole room. This pick is signed, sealed, and delivered. It's in. They're happy. The volume now let's goes, watch the show. Now yeah. let's watch yeah. the show. So everybody's talking about, you know, just talking a little bit. Indianapolis goes, Pat McAfee, okay. It goes quiet. Then he goes into it. As soon as he starts, the whole room, there's 20 scouts in there. There's the Ursay family, uh, the GM, and a few like me in the back row, way yep. in the back. And he says his first thing about Tennessee. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just a punter. But we never punted against Tennessee. <laughs> yep. He went into that. Uh -huh. The whole room loses it. <laughs> All right, here we go. The whole room loses it, okay? That's good news. That's bad news. Because they're still laughing, all the scouts, and you can't hear what you're yeah. saying. Oh, so then it dies down a little bit, and he comes back with one. He gets another zinger in there. We hear it erupts again. <laughs> High-fiving people. Ursay's <laughs> laughing his ass off up there. The Ursay family and everybody. It was the most the, of the three days that I was in there. The most loosest, the loosest three minutes of the whole I thing. Everybody just stood up, nice. high-fiving, laughed so hard that we couldn't even hear it. So I went in the back and I was like, after the pick, you know, uh, Ursay would usually leave, and you know, some some guys would leave and come back in two minutes. I'm like, I got to go see what the hell he said, you know. So, yeah. I, so I, went, I went right out and tried to tried to go here because I couldn't hear all of everything, but they absolutely loved it, man. It was great. Shout out to the NFL, by the way. As soon as I do anything with the NFL, their social media team just rips that thing mm -hmm. and puts it out immediately. I, I mean, that was the check down, hooked it up with the quickness there. Shout out to ABC and ESPN not putting me on. I respect it. <laughs> uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't either, by the way. Just quick 10 million views on the internet. Well, no. Jesse Palmer had something important yeah. to say about yeah. it. And it was good. And it was good, I bet. I bet it, I was, bet good. it was really good. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, by, so they have two different producers, because ABC didn't put up, but ESPN did. ESPN 2, I think, right? No, no. The real ESPN. Like, because really? I was watching ESPN the entire time. Oh, incredible then. They no, had, no. ABC did not, but the ESPN that I was watching right. had it. Swift was on. I couldn't go. <laughs> New song sucks too. So who cares? yikes! We don't want Taylor Swift stands. I love. Oh no! Here's the thing. Not at all. No, not at all. As you, a Taylor Swift. Did, I mean, yes, I did. But as a Taylor Swift fan, I feel you know I've listened to her music for many a years now. I feel like I could you know I could say if Taylor Swift okay. has a good because you are song. a stand. Anyways, what were you gonna say, Fox? Yeah, the green room did exactly what the Colts oh, yeah. war room did yeah. when Pat goes up there. So Pat, we're watching. We're sitting there for seven hours. Seven right? hours in that green room. Was no it, one. Who's that super crowded earlier? Because by the time the end of the third, it was. We like were the only motherfuckers yes. in there, man. <laughs> TJ Yates, by the way, Shane Leckler, obviously coolest dude I've ever <laughs> met. Up, Nick Mangold, incredible human being. Hell of a beard. TJ Yates, I had no idea. 
cool dude awesome as well. Guys. He was with us the whole time. He's coaching at the Texans. Now. One of my yeah. favorite Ooh. quarterbacks. Of yeah, all time. cool guy. Well, he's a part of your award. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they got TVs on, and you can hear the draft picks, but no one's paying attention, right? Yep, nobody. You go up there, whole place gets silent. Everyone's watching the TVs. Even the fucking camera people. I watched yes. your recording from the back, and the camera people who were just like putting cameras on people, they were like, uh, it seemed as if, because Foxy recorded in the back every situation yep. back there, and we watched it back because I enjoy watching Shane Leckler laugh because yeah, of something exactly. I'm saying. That's a pretty cool thing for me. So I'm watching it, and you watch these cameramen basically just like <laughs> throw their camera and just like fuck it and just like <laughs> watch it. And it was silent in there, and I tell Leckler and Yates, I'm like, hey. This thing might be like two minutes. Like, get ready. And they look at me and they're like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, get ready. And then everyone was fucking Scobie, dying. Scobie was back there as well with one of his boys. And while they have an NFL rep comes and gets you and basically is like, hey, you're about to be up, you know? So you have to sit back there just in case there's a trade. So they come and pull you up there. And the guy pulls me in. Scobie, who is a friend of mine, uh, he, he did a podcast with earlier and he did the 69, right? Uh, 69th pick. It was yep. clever. Um, he goes, uh, are you going to be able to be better than me? And I look uh, at Scobie boy. and I put my hand up and I go, Scobie, you might beat me in golf. You might beat me in some other things. But I'm a maestro on the microphone. You ain't never fucking touching me on the microphone. And then I walk. That's how I walk. That's literally how I walked away from the group. And it was, uh, I think everybody was excited. So what happened in the Colts war room? I think happened in a few other war rooms as well because I got some text messages from some people on other teams nice. that were like, as soon as you got on that stage, everybody got quiet, uh, and they thanked me for bringing a little levity to the thing. <laughs> but I can't thank Rich Eisen enough. Oh, no way. Rich Eisen put me over in an incredible fashion. And mm -hmm. he, on the next day of the draft, he actually explained what putting somebody over meant uh, <laughs> because I had to text him and tell him what it meant because I thanked him. <laughs> it means talking good about somebody or helping somebody along the way, which is like laughing at somebody's joke is putting somebody over. Uh, talking good about somebody is putting somebody over. It's a wrestling term. You hear commentators, whenever somebody does something, they put it over like, mm -hmm. oh my God, did you see what he just did? It was so hard what he just did. Basically explaining to the layman people like, yo, what you're watching here is good. That's putting somebody over. I did it to Matt Prater at mm -hmm. the Lions Packers. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. You're just an exclamation point. Rich Eisen put me over so fucking much, and we got a chance to chat with him earlier today. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man that worked all weekend in Nashville from his show to the show of shows, the NFL draft, balancing and making. Incredible calls while the NFL was deciding their future. Ladies and gentlemen, he has a daily show where you can hear his big brain displayed on a regular basis. He's the voice of the NFL from the NFL Network, Bleacher Report, in a radio near you. Ladies and gentlemen, Rich Eisen. What an intro. What an intro. I thought like you were going to, the only thing missing was the orangutan. <laughs> 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 I literally just got done saying you put me over so much, and then I had to teach you what putting over meant. But I yes, I had no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> well, I can't I thank no you idea. enough for the way you acted when I got caught on that stage. I assumed there was a lot of people on the edge of their seats, not knowing what was happening. You made me look good up there for that. I thank you. Oh come on, we all knew that you'd rise to the moment, Pat. We all know that. And by the way, you said a, you you pronounced orangutan pro, uh, properly. You said orangutan. Yeah. How many people put the G at the end? Orangutan. You know, a lot of people say that. But you nailed it. Well, I'll tell you, hate, you nailed it. hate has a way of making you learn some things. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that part. Like, there you are 
Where was I think I said this on the air on Saturday because it came up again that uh, you know because we we had the actual orangutan moment uh, <laughs> uh, just to bust Mayox stones and um, I said something along the lines of so here we are enjoying the moment you know busting Mike Mayox stones and. Pat McAfee sitting at home just stewing, just absolutely <laughs> stewing, I, uh, just pissed off and stewing. Well, I mean, it was obvious I was replaced by that fucking zoo animal. But I mean, you gotta do yep. what you gotta do. Uh, you put on, hey, you put on a hell of a show, brother. It's not easy to be Thanks, live bro. on TV for fucking nine straight hours with a lot of boring times. What was your highlight of the week? What was the downtime? Did you oh, did you struggle gosh. at all out there? Uh, no, I mean, it's just, you know, my job is just to keep it moving and connecting dots between who's on the clock and, you know, who's coming up or what one team hasn't chosen yet or what one team just chose and how that affects their roster or, you know, later on on, on Saturday, you know, who's done with their draft, who's close to being done with their draft or when you see enough players who have been selected, what that might mean for the, for the, for the schedule, you know. Um, and how, you know, certain players might, uh, lend better to, you know, a, a certain game being uh, interesting on a schedule, you know, that sort of stuff. And then, you know, when, when that punter got drafted, um, <laughs> just having yeah. fun with that in a way. And, you know, I've always been an advocate for punters and, mm-hmm. uh, that's the whole punters are people too thing that I, mm-hmm. I, I put on a t-shirt started when Brian Anger was drafted years and years ago. Mm-hmm. So when that, that fellow Wisnowski got drafted yesterday, I kind of just lost my, my, my head a little bit. And had some fun with it. <laughs> I'd say that that was uh, one of my favorite moments of the draft. It was pure, genuine happiness. And it any, was anytime <laughs> it came through the TV that way, you can tell that that breaks up the monotony. I mean, okay, we got another corner, we got another wide receiver, got another offensive lineman. Okay, this guy's got a thick lower body. Okay, ba ba ba. We got another corner. This guy, quick twitch. He can do this. Wide receiver he catches the ball well. When a punter comes up, I mean. That's time to shine there, Rich. Let that brain go and flow, and you did that in a beautiful fashion. I really enjoyed that. Well, I mean, let's be honest, Pat. You know, obviously I know who I'm talking to, and mm-hmm. I know about the audience uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that we're currently talking to right now. And Let's be honest. I mean, a fourth-round draft choice is kind of a crapshoot in a way. It's like, can that kid translate from a certain school to a certain level of football to a certain team that plays a certain scheme is it a scheme fit or what's going on off the field does it work in their locker room all of that stuff i mean those are the issues with the fourth round selection with a punter it's it's kind of straight up like that guy is somebody with a big ass leg or as you like to call it you know they shoot piss missiles there you go <laughs> and here they come here they come and honestly in a, what you were choosing with a punter in the fourth round and this is this is fact. What you're choosing is somebody who's so damn good yeah. that they truly can affect the game in a way that another fourth round draft choice might not be able to. Can't get on the field. They're going to be your special teams player trying to get into a starting lineup or something. A punter, when you take them fourth round, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, why would you take a punter fourth round?" Because they can legitimately change the way you play football, mm-hmm. and that's a fact. As opposed to another t- another player that may or may not be in charge. I mean, like how many times, like on a bad day for your offense, right? Mm-hmm. A punter's going to get out there on average seven times, right? Eight times. Yep. The number of times that a special teams player uh, might affect a play is just on the random kickoff or punt where the action comes in their direction. 
maybe that that I'm I'm being serious here. Like I I think it's not a bad pick if you're going to take somebody that can affect the way the game's played. That's ter- that's fact. These are all facts I'm spitting right now. I agree. I couldn't. Uh, hey, amen. Preach is what I'm saying out here. <laughs> I I propose this question to a couple people. If we knew what we know now about Adam Vinatieri, is he a first round draft pick? I think a hundred percent. I think he's a lock. Of course, right? Yeah, I think he's a lock for first. If you know the guy is going to go on to be the all-time leading scorer of your franchise, he's going to be the all-time leading scorer of the NFL, that's, I mean, what else could you really fucking be looking for in a guy? And if this Mitch Wisnowski kid, who I've heard rave reviews about, he can kick both righty and lefty very good, he's probably going to kick for the next 10 years for them. I think that's a good pick, smart pick, and he's going to change some games, especially if they're off. I think you're 100% right. I love everything you say up there, Rich. Thank you, Pat McAfee. We're we're simpatico. We're on the same page. You know, we we're <laughs> a big word. we're we're. Oh, I would say cut from the same cloth. But Definitely. you know, I mean, simpatico. certainly in this regard, we definitely are. Uh, we definitely are. And I, fact. Big surprise out of your guy drafting old Cuzzy Ferrelli or Ferrell, whatever. Mike Mayock pulled the trigger on that guy <laughs> that nobody thought was going to. Did you find right. did you find a little bit of awkwardness balancing your incredible friendship no. with the guy and no. potential judgment no. of his picks? No. Let's be honest here, man. Yep. Okay. Let's let's be totally honest here. If Mayock was in the same role this year as he's been in the previous fifteen years, he would have talked and raved about the kid Cleland Farrell. At the combine, he'd have raved all about him throughout the combine on path to the draft and all the shows that he's on total access. He would have chosen him maybe uh, in a spot higher up than anybody else in his mock draft show the night before because Mayock only did one mock draft because he he couldn't you know he he, he frowned upon the whole concept of mock drafting and 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 the management said basically you're going to have to do at least once he would always do it the night before <laughs> he would have put him he would he would have put him he'd have put him in his top 10 picks in the available in the draft he would have raved about his high character off the field and his his leadership skills in the locker room and what he told me on my show today is that you know they they drafted three kids from Clemson and so, and the first thing he did as as general manager of the Raiders was uh, attend the national championship game that was played in his backyard basically in Santa Clara the home of the Niners he told he said everybody told him they drafted three Clemson players on defense one two on defense one on offense everybody told him that the hands down the leader of the team and the leader of the defense was this kid Cleveland Farrell so he would have been drafting he would have been telling everybody how how great this kid is. And everybody who roots for their team and, and, and is needing a defensive lineman, at, certainly at that position, and they pass on Cleveland Farrell, they would have all been like, what the hell are they doing? Do they not hear what Mike Mayock's been saying about this kid? He's a steal. You need to go get him. Why are they not taking what Mike Mayock says is the guy? Now Mike is the Oakland general manager where he's not talking about anybody in public for good reason because he wants to take him and he takes him and everybody thinks he's just lost his mind so if 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 it was the previous situation we would have been talking this kid up because he's mayock's favorite which means he knows something most people don't now he actually uses that knowledge for his own draft capital and people think he's clueless so I, 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 that's the way I look at it, that the, he knows what he's doing. He has known what he's doing for 15 years. He was never totally perfect, obviously. He had, uh, he had, um, 
uh, Gabbert above Cam Newton on his draft board for much of the talent evaluation portion of the calendar that year because he kind of thought that Cam, uh, the whole, the whole uh, uh, you know, uh, entertainer and icon stuff turned him off. And Gabbert had a lot of great off-the-field intangibles that he liked a lot. So, you know, that was his evaluation then. He's not perfect, but most of the time he knows what he's talking about. And it's just this time we just hadn't heard him talk about it for two months on NFL Network. Now he's using it for his own. We'll see what happens. I can respect that, that he didn't change himself at all whenever he took the job. He didn't, no. Stuck to his guns. I respect that a lot. What did you think about Daniel Jones getting drafted to the Giants? The internet was not impressed by it. Giants fans were jumping through tables, (laughs) throwing themselves out windows whenever it happened. Mike Francesa said, well, okay. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have been taking Dan Jones at number six overall. Okay. Okay. He said okay. it was a throwaway. <laughs> he said it was a throwaway like year it. for Eli Manning. This is a bad way to send Eli Manning out, even though I would assume Eli Manning was a part of this process and said, uh, I'll raise the next guy up if I have to, which is what the Manning family would do. Uh, how do you feel about the Daniel Jones situation and the Internet's overreaction? Because we are in overreact it, season. It, oh, yeah. I know. I look. Um, I have no idea how good he is. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I hardly watch Duke football this year. I didn't see that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm. I'm not. You know, with with uh, two jobs, three kids. Uh, thankfully, one wife. Uh, I'm not <laughs> making spare time. I'm not making spare time to make sure I got to check out Duke football. You know. So, and and I would proffer to say any Giant fan that's freaking out. Um, uh, unless you went to Duke or Duke was playing your alma mater, you didn't see Daniel Jones play a down of football either. So I don't know. The problem for Giants fans is, and this is, this is where it's born out of, okay, because I'm from New York City and I know a lot of Giants fans and I know their mindset. The reason why they're freaking out, there's, it's, it's many different levels. One is the fact that um, uh, Jets fans are thrilled about it and it pisses them really way off (laughs) that Jets fans are Jets fans all their all their brothers and sisters and fellow colleagues in their offices or or wherever they work or Jets fans are loving it because they think Sam Darnold is a second coming and the Giants were the ones who passed on him so they could have him and now here they finally finally choose a quarterback and it's a guy from Duke that nobody's ever seen play and it's a guy from Duke that nobody's ever seen play that was chosen over the, the quarterback that everybody did see play that threw 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten in Dwayne Haskins, and all the mock drafts were saying was better than this kid. And then the general manager who's pulling the trigger on this is a guy who sounds like he's straight out of the extras of Goodwill Hunting from the dreaded New England area, where everybody thinks that he's, he's been sent from New England to ruin the Giants because the Giants are the only team to beat Tom Brady before the Eagles could. So he's like some sort of Manchurian candidate planted in New York City to blow the Giants up. And the first, one of the first things he does, okay, is he's, he's, he lets Landon Collins walk, and then he, he, then he trades Odell Beckham, all right? And then this is a guy who let Josh uh, Norman walk uh, to the Washington Redskins, which is where Landon Collins has shown up, and which is where Dwayne Haskins is going, and these people's heads are friggin' popping off, especially because a lot of these people are from a different generation that remember a quarterback named Dave Brown, who was supposed to be the guy post-Parcells to keep the Giants franchise championship tra- franchise afloat, and the guy stunk, and he was from Duke. So put it all together. Put it all together, and Giants fans are not really thinking straight right now. Rich. One of the greatest runs I've yes. ever heard in my entire life right there. I appreciate that. couple quick things. That These make- are all facts. These are all facts. It's giving you the psyche, just lifting yeah. the, 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 the hood up 
on what's going on in the brains of, of, of the Giants Ferrari, or used to be Ferrari, that they're all thinking is going to be some sort of jalopy now, <laughs> forgetting the fact that Saquon is generationally brilliant. And, you know, but they're all thinking he's the next Barry Sanders, who's a great running back, who can totally destroy you for maybe 10 wins a season if they possibly can once in a blue moon because the rest of the team stinks. I have no idea how Daniel Jones is going to do, and neither do Giants fans either. Uh, they just have no confidence in the guy who's pulling the trigger. would get sounding like he's straight out of Boston, <laughs> telling him they've telling everybody he fell in love with him after three snaps at the friggin' Senior Bowl. They are losing their minds. The thought of Giants, we just don't know. The thought of Giants fans firmly. Be- I mean, I was on a team where Bill Polian thought on s- numerous occasions that the Patriots were spying on our practice. The Giants fans would one thousand percent believe that Bill Belichick sent a guy into the Giants organization <laughs> to bury them. Yeah. That is something that would definitely happen in there. I but knew- if Belichick ever did that, he'd be smart enough to make sure that nobody really knew he was from New England. Again, this guy sounds like he's in every single Boston a- movie you've ever heard. Uh, we he talks about his quarterback. I mean, like it, it's it's a little too obvious for that maneuver in my in my sense. But again, Giants fans are not thinking straight right now. They are not. Uh, we need you to move on to. Us. And the worst thing, oh, I forgot the last thing too, is that Daniel Jones was used with something called a pick six. He's a sixth pick uh, in the draft. So I mean, honestly, there's every single aspect of this counts against this kid, <laughs> and he may be. You know, Sean O'Hara on Total Access the other day said he, it's like if you put Peyton and Eli Manning in a blender, and he came out this way, and he's much more physically. Um, um, talented in a way that you know you can move him off the spot he can really move the pocket he can re- I, I honestly just don't know but giants fans think it's the worst thing and if it's not then guess what it's a hell of a draft i saw him hit a golf ball he hits the hell out of a golf ball <laughs> down in atlanta uh i'm excited to see what okay. he, he does there that's a metric yep. that checks a box yep absolutely that's a big time quarterback box is how they hit a golf ball he hit the hell out of a golf ball and he was nice to us so i can't wait to see how he does uh, i know you have to go so let me wrap it up with this you said the jets fans think sam darnold is the second coming I would say you would believe that Josh Rosen is potentially the second coming. You are a yep. big Josh Rosen fan, and I would I say am. I would say that Rich Eisen is the main reason why Josh Rosen conversation was so prevalent during draft weekend. You are his PR team there for a little bit. What do you uh, like? What do you like about Josh Rosen? And how do you well, do? You think he's going to start over Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic down in Miami? Oh, there's no question about it. They got to find out what he, what he can do. Come on, Rich. Come on, Rich. Oh yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Over oh, Fitz yeah. Magic? Are you Rich? kidding me? No, are you kidding me? We know me? what we're getting. You know what you're getting in Fitz Magic. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get a guy who Magic. can win at least four to six games for sure. Maybe he can win you eight to ten, possibly, if he can. But you also get a guy who is just ashamed to throw it in every possible window, no matter what size it is. He has no conscience. He'll keep firing away. He's highly entertaining. He'll throw for either 450 yards or nine interceptions. You have no idea that sort of range of what you're going to get, but you know that's the roller coaster ride you're going to get. He's pushing, you know, uh, he's post, what, 35 right now. You know he's not the future of the franchise. You know he's not going to be the guy who's going to outlast Tom Brady and win your Super Bowls. So you need to find out what you're getting in Josh Rosen. Certainly if you can pull the plug on him, if you think you've evaluated him enough, and lose enough games to try and get Tua. I mean, seriously, they have to figure out what you're getting in Rosen, which means day one starter. 
period. End of story. And I'm not Jesus. just saying that because you'd say I'm a, I'm, I'm a Rosen PR guy. The reason why I was bringing it up, I do like the kid a lot, um, but the reason why I was bringing it up is because we have never seen a situation like that. As a matter of fact, I think that is a, a fact from the uh, vaunted Elias Stat Bureau that I, I heard uh, on Schefter's uh, Twitter feed, is that we've never seen a quarterback drafted in the first round of a draft one year and traded away the next year in the whole Super Bowl era. We've never seen anyone like that. And not only traded away like that, but traded away by a team that has hired a coach that's never done it before and has drafted a quarterback that's not even taller than 5'11". Oh, so, come on. Come on, so, No, no, no. I'm, and, and again, I, I think Kyler Murray could be supremely successful, but I'm just talking about having never seen anything like this before. It's a unique, it's like a unicorn situation in the draft. So the minute that they took Murray, and the fact that they didn't even trade him the first night, when you know the leverage is at the highest, I thought for sure, I had Steve come on today, I'm like, have you, did you not have a, a conversation about trading Rosen before the first night? He said that he did, but everyone else tells me that they didn't even have a, com- they didn't have a plan, that they just figured they'd take Murray and then the phones would ring like crazy and someone's going to fall over themselves and give first-round selection for Rosen. And as it was not happening, I kept bringing it up and bringing it up because I know that he's a, he's a very talented person that a lot of people had at the top of their quarterback list last year who was available. So that's why I was bringing it up a lot in the first night, and then the second night's coming, and if they didn't tra- trade him then, then, I mean, how in the hell could they have had both of these kids in their draft room? I, I mean, that that's impossible. So um, there was a lot going on that was unprecedented, which is why I kept bringing it up. Well, I thought you did an incredible job. You are a Thanks, Pat. magnificent right back at you. You're a magnificent host. I mean, I did. I did crush it. But you, you had to do it for 12 hours. I only had to do it for a minute and 41 seconds. That was a three. That was a three-minute speech, by the way, that I knocked down. Uh, I had to you knock know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you workshopped it a little bit. You know, I mean, being up there for for three minutes would have been what's the word for it? Excessive. That would have been a little uh-huh. excessive. I agree. Um, certainly, since Reggie Reggie Wayne came out and did his, you know. Drew Pearson imitation in front of them. They were not ready to hear from many, many more Colts. Yeah. Uh, when you strolled out on the stage, that 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 was the that was the uh, the world you stepped into. And I thought you I thought you stuck the landing. I thought the orangutan story was great. I thought it was uh, it was self effacing, as they say. Um, but you got your point across. You nailed it. And you said the pick. You you even repeated it a second time, <laughs> sort of like you were sort of like you were spelling the at a spelling bee. You said the word. You know, Okariki. You said you said it twice. You sold it. Uh, you were yourself, um, and you represented. Hey, I thought it was great. I appreciate you so much. Uh, go take a nap, man. Incredible work by you. I know. You're always, <laughs> you're always awesome to watch, man. NFL Network coverage was beautiful. I can't thank you enough for your Thanks. friendship and your time today. Ladies and gentlemen, Rich Eisen. Yeah, man, I wish I could nap. I'm, I'm going to go work out, man. I sat on my ass all weekend, and then I saw Pete Carroll took his shirt off and made me look ridiculous. So I got to get out there. I got to go. I got to I gotta get in there. You mentioned the barbecue about six to seven times on that final day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I'm sitting. I get it. I get there at ten o'clock in the morning, and now it's suddenly four in the afternoon. You know, and I'm. It's just. It. It's. It's crazy. But you know, uh, I was hungry, and the, and the smell was. <laughs> oh, hey, let's talk the about I the said? band. Hold on. Let's. Oh, yeah. What? What was good? You mentioned the barbecue. The line I said is the, the last time I'd ever been at an NFL Network set where the smell that was crossing the set made me instantly hungry was the Oakland parking lot. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Hello, munchies, vitamins. Uh, did you and the band ever uh, come to terms and uh, agree? No, we did not come to terms. We will never come to terms. It was so friggin' loud. It was ridiculous. That was it was, and, and then the selection of songs they were playing, you know, like Lonesome Loser at the top of the draft. Like the reason why they're at the top of the draft is because they are losers. And then before the Jets pick, they play Cold as Ice. It's like, what the hell are you doing? It's like playing just suspicious minds at a wedding. You know, like every breath you take, it's at a wedding, and it's like, excuse me, it's about stalking. What is your problem? You know, like sometimes you have to listen to the lyrics. It's not just about how good the song is. The lyrics matter. Is all I'm saying, and certainly the volume was way too much. Oh, too dude, much. Watching you bitch about that the whole first night, I fucking <laughs> That was your funny tweet. Your, your new favorite rivalry was me versus the band. That was funny. I saw that one. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Have an incredible workout. We can't thank you enough. Incredible right. job, man. Right, Rich buddy. Eisen, ladies Take and care. gentlemen. Hey. That guy's good, man. Oh, so good. He knows he what he's really talking is. about, too. Really he, knows what he's talking about. He just, he, it's like, uh, what is it, like volleyball? You just got to keep the ball up in oh, the yes. air. Yeah. He has uh-huh. to do that. And knows that Sunday was a long one. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of no names getting drafted. And that is when you really got to watch a guy work. And he writes every pick with pencil, too. Like, he doesn't use, uh, he doesn't have the people put it in. He actually writes it down with his little flip cards. I love Rich Eisen, man. He helped me out a lot, too. I can't thank him enough for yeah, that. Yeah, that's the where you can tell the difference between him and others is he recognized what that moment was going to be. Yeah. So he helped make it better. He, yes. he set mm-hmm. you up. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like, I think Trey Wingo, uh, I guess he just kind of let it happen and yeah. then just kind of moved on. I yes. mean, it's like, hey, Trey, a little self-awareness here. Like, <laughs> what you just watched out there was not supposed to be dry. Like, I'm not curing cancer over it. I mean, we all, <laughs> we all know that. And Rich very much... I think as soon as I as soon as I walked on the stage, I saw Rich turn his head around and like see me, and it was like I, I think at that moment Rich was like, "All right, here we go," <laughs> and I can't thank him enough for that little tag team there. That was very very nice of him, man. Hey, let me ask you about Nashville. Do you think they set the bar? That's for- I don't think they should go anywhere else. Jim Irsay said that they should go to he wants it in India or whatever. That's awesome. I think we crushed it with the Super Bowl. Nashville is built for that. Right. It's, it's yeah. a destination place. It's very the people are nice. It's all set up on Broadway. They can shut down Broadway and it doesn't fuck the entire town mm-hmm. up. Awesome. It's like meant for. It was it's almost it's literally meant for. We learned that last year with the NHL yes. whenever they had they shut it down for an NHL pep rally. It's like Nashville is built for that type of situation. Broadway is literally set up for that type of thing. And the weather is normally going to be pretty good. I mean it came down on Thursday night I guess, mm-hmm. but the weather is nice. The people are nice. It's just they're used to having people from out of town come into town. I mean, it's. I think Indianapolis is very hospitable and incredible, but I honestly, when you look out and you just see all of Broadway filled with people, and then there's just bars for people to go walk into the bar so and then rare. come back out. I mean, it's just, I think you get things for people to do. There's a lot of entertainment, and the city is there ready for it. It almost feels like I don't know who's going to be able to top that. They're saying Vegas, but man, Vegas is a complete, we all know. Listen, we can all be straight. Right with each other here. Oh yeah, Vegas is a much fucking different animal yeah. sure. than Nashville. Yeah. Too sure. big. Nashville is a mosey on the street city. Yep. Like Vegas is, you go into the club and then you stumble out of the club mm-hmm. and you go into a casino and you come out of the casino. Nashville is built for stumbling on the street and yes. being in the street. Like yeah, shutting that street down is a huge piece of that. It's like I don't think they're they're going to do that to the Vegas Strip. 
Right. Now, and even if they do, to get to places, you got to walk four miles to get inside of it and then up an elevator mm-hmm. to a place and right. then in. Vegas or Nashville is literally set up for you to walk in and walk out of the place and cross the street. It was just, it was a perfect set. And live music always crushes. And mm-hmm. Nashville Electric. is all live music. I mean, granted, Rich hated the particular band, <laughs> but every single place had live music thumping out of it. So each little section of crowd that was standing out there, like the New Year's ball drop is what it looked like. They all had their own entertainment. Their their own bar to go to. They all had everything. It was perfect. It was literally a perfect setup. The I mean, stage was incredible yeah. too. Like, incredible. I, I mean, I know like the NFL is obviously going to go all out for that, but like, I, I was very impressed with how cool that. Looked. It was like a WrestleMania. It, it looked it like really a, did yeah. look like that. it looked like a WrestleMania stage. Yeah. And then the so I guess we learned from uh, Mangold in the back, the green room wasn't grounded. Okay, so it wasn't grounded in the back. So when that storm happened, so they had a their backup plan, I guess, was to rush everybody to buses. Everybody would have their own individual like tour bus to the Shimmerhorn Theater, which is which is nearby that 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 they were going to continue it in the Shimmerhorn, which holds about twenty five three thousand people. Well, I guess the players though were all going to be in their own in the back. They were going to be in their own tour buses. So like they would get called from their tour bus uh, out for the draft or whatever because the back green room wasn't uh, grounded. So I guess. I guess they lucked out with the 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 mother nature lady not bringing Don any lightning, but it was <laughs> oh my the God, way the. Could you imagine? Oh, dude, it would have been fuck, fucking epic, man. Yeah, fucking. It was just like the Hall of Fame game when I was there, right? <laughs> and they canceled it. And old David Baker is that his name? The yeah, big the, man, big head. Very gentle giant, though, yes, that guy. Very yes, gentle yes. giant. He had to tell us that the game was canceled because the field, and he feels so bad. Blah blah blah. I would have loved to watch them have to handle. Each kid, their fucking crew, <laughs> agents. All right, you guys got to get in this shitty ass bus. Yeah, you, we. You're a second. You're late for a second. Listen, Kyler Murray's got the nice bus over here. <laughs> that would have been an awesome moment. I think the NFL hit it out of the fucking park, man. I honestly think they did. I think they. It was very nice. I was very lucky to be a part of it, awesome. and very very thankful uh, for everything that happened. Now, fast forward to Sunday night. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Hey. Hey, the Battle of Winterfell was awesome. Awesome. The curse is reversed, by the way. There you oh, go. yeah, here we go, Bruins. Curse is completely reversed. I tweeted out that not a single, single member of the Stark family would die <laughs> in the Battle of Winterfell, the longest cinematic battle in the history of TV or film, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if that's accurate, by the way, yeah, after I mean, watching it. There was a lot of walking around. Man. <laughs> hey, when, you, when you piece it together, I think it probably was. I mean, they're not going to make that statement if it's not accurate, I right. guess. But... Um, no, oh, the NFL. There's a hundred thousand people here. <laughs> Pick sixteen. There's a hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> Commissioner shuts down round one. Over two hundred thousand people here. I guess they had. I asked Adele about it. I asked Adele about the the particular numbers because I thought he could have potentially seen my tweet mocking the numbers. It was like a WWE number, you know, like they started throwing it out. Mm-hmm. I guess they had somebody take pictures. And then they would count the amount of people in each area wow. that could be held in each area <laughs> and, then just, and did all the math. Yeah. So the numbers were coming in through the night, literally. And that's why they said over 200,000 people at the end of the night. It was packed. Packed. That when you, when you walked out on that stage and looked out, it just looked like a sea of humanity. It literally did. Speaking of seas of humanity, <laughs> I don't think the Starks or um, the crew had the best idea on yeah. that war. When Terrible they, battle plan. I don't, I don't think they had a good plan. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I 
from what I've been told, because I've been watching every episode yeah. of yes. Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, for a long time now. Long time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even knew that Arya had been around the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you knew yeah. who she was. Yeah, I even knew that she was a child at one point during the show. I absolutely knew that. Yep. Of course I did. I'm a big throner. I, I, get, <laughs> in, I get in a Game of Thrones Twitter thread every single yes. Sunday Biggest nowadays. Biggest throner I know. Uh, was, was the Battle of Winterfell the first ever episode I watched? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly the first ever episode I've ever Perhaps. watched in my entire life. But let's just talk about it. No Starks died. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched, <laughs> no Starks died, and that was an incredible piece of cinematography. I think. Uh-huh. Incredible, good, move, good move by her. I mean, hell of a move. Well, as someone who's watched all these episodes too, you will know that like the characters in the show don't always make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that surprising that their plan was pretty flawed. Yeah, on terrible. A lot of fronts. Yeah, well, flawed. Not, yeah, flawed. And I mean, for what six years now, they've been saying winter is coming. Like. Be prepared. Oh, yeah. that was winter it? King. Have some fire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was winter. That was winter. winter. Finally winter. settling out. Oh, that was yeah. the long so night. So because of all so, the... Yeah. Oh, like six years oh. in. Winter's coming. Winter's coming. I never see it. And then epic battle. Here comes winter. Fucks the whole point. Oh, that's been the rally cry yeah, for... Yeah. We're shadowing that since winter season one, winter episode winter. one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought winter came all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that was it. <laughs> you saw it. You saw the whole show. Yeah, man. I knew it. I've been. I knew that we've been saying this whole time winter was coming. Oh, yep. And goddamn it, I was there for the blizzard. <laughs> yeah, they were not. They were not prepared. Yeah. For dragons can't fly in, in in the snow. It was very interesting how they refused to use the fire breathers there for uh, I, a I, lot more of the battle. Yeah, I agreed mm-hmm. heavily on that one. Yeah, like why were they flying them all around? Just fucking turn. You know what those things? They look like athletes. Just turn those things around. And let's go back another line. You yeah. know. Well, what you got to yeah. remember, as a guy who's seen all these episodes, they did kill one dragon with the ice spear from the Night King. Mm-hmm. So if you get yeah. too close, where you don't know where he's at. Uh, he's gonna take well, you out of the yeah, air. Yeah, so one a, guy can huck a spear, and now we're not. We're keep worried about oh, yeah. swivel. Exactly. Be the better athlete. Exactly. You can't take a left or a right or dive down or go up. I mean, come on. They were playing scared. Well, you, they were playing scared. Yeah. Agreed. You for sure. They can't. They, I mean, there's still battles to be won here. They can't afford to lose any more of those I agree. dragons. Well, you got to hey, one game at a time. You exactly. prepare for the one game in front exactly. of you. Exactly. It's a seven game series here. I you mean, have to win not, the game right now. Yes. yes. In, in my head, you have to win right now. Use your dragons right now, so you can be in the next one. Which they did. Because there was, there was, by the way, it was getting awfully close. Oh, yeah. There was no more fucking battles. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And you're those right. dragons, just like an Avatar bird, were about to be fucking ridden by a guy with no eyes or blue eyes or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck he was. You look like them dragons were about to get stolen, cuz. <laughs> there was a couple of suspect moments in there where I didn't oh, think yeah. they were going to make it. Everyone might have died. A lot of people bitching about not being able to see anything. Yeah. I watched. That was my first episode. I saw everything. Yeah, <laughs> you did it. I saw the whole damn thing. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, and I felt like it was a pretty good move because they, they wanted us to feel like probably what the soldiers would be feeling. Yeah, they exactly. Can't see, it's hectic. It's chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't enough talking for me. Big, big talking guy. I heard the uh, the night guy never, never said a single word. No, no. He not one word. They don't speak. God, mm-hmm. so your voice is like uh, cracking ice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. let's go. It, I mean, it, it is a real big loss for Westeros just because everyone knows that's the best arm Westeros has ever hey, seen, really. Great heel, that guy. Yeah, that night incredible. Game was a great heel. That's incredible. I mean, his plan was a little off, too. Like, his generals, like, where exactly. are they at? Like, well, Arya ran right through. Yeah, yeah, he got cocky. He hey, got good cocky for Arya, by the way. She had a fucking good weekend yeah. that weekend. Yeah. She, was she 14? Yeah. Lost, yeah. Had her first sexual experience with a 30 year old blacksmith. How about that? And then the next day kills the Night King. <laughs> Hell of a blacksmith, too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cool little move with the, the fucking little shift. Dropping it down and catching it. It was like I did with the pen. You know what I mean? She got to catch that from the right side. See, there's little stuff like that that's really sweet. Like, 
like she actually did that move last season, like training in like the courtyard, and mm-hmm. it's just like a throwaway at the time. You're not even thinking about it, and then boom, she uses it later. Well, and if night you night. remember, Brain gave her that thing. Did. Yes, yep, back exactly. in the past. You yep. know what I mean? If you yep. remember, yeah, exactly. well, I know you recall, Pat. Yeah. I remember. Brain yeah. gave her that thing. Mm-hmm. A couple, couple in that seasons. exact area too, in the yeah. Godswood, yeah, exactly. in the middle of the woods. But under, now we go underneath their unobtainium tree, yes. which mm-hmm. is what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, hell of a coach. It was a. Night King, completely invincible, man, with the little switch of the hand. Yeah, even how the Warriors can lose, prepared, Todd. Was not prepared. A lot of how, people even breaking. the Warriors can lose. How disorienting was it watching it for the first time? I was insane. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue who was doing what. I mean, I was asking a lot of questions. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. I was oh, like yeah. wait a minute, who the fuck's this guy? And they were like, oh, he's uh, somebody. The guy with the uh, the other, not Jon Snow, the other dragon rider. There's yeah, a guy named Jorah. Yeah, Jorah oh, Mormont. Yeah. Jorah, I guess, really, he just wanted to, he always wanted to have sex with that lady. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he loves her. Friend and then he, he died protecting her. So mm-hmm. he went down in Valor. The ultimate friend zone. Good yeah. for that guy. Yeah, yeah for a sure. lot of people said that. I had a lot of questions. I didn't <laughs> yeah, know who did. was on what side. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know the whole thing. I had a lot of, uh, uh, when the lady was praying for the, the trench to start on fire, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, Ring of Fire right there was a, a oh, pretty Johnny magical Cash. moment. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then they just they put all the dead bodies just on there and then walked over top yeah. of them like you would do if there's a barbed wire fence and you're pool hopping. <laughs> yeah, very smart. Yeah. I don't know how they didn't think of that earlier. To be honest, I had a lot of questions on why people didn't think of things earlier, yeah. but I guess that's that's why it's TV and not real life. Well, they were just standing there, and then the Night King was like, he uh, saw it, and he's like, uh, oh, let me send this little mental message. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get it. Also, it. these are great. These are great. You know, ideas, and this is an eight season show. No, not many great ideas throughout this entire show. I listened to the writers and the directors afterwards. Yeah. They mm-hmm. did a little 10-minute roundtable, and it was cool listening to them talk about everything and why they decided to do things. Mm-hmm. And watching the internet, too, just explode about every single move was pretty crazy, too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are upset about a lot of things that fictional people are doing. <laughs> Those yeah. Throners, man. Those Throners are getting way too dialed They'll in. They'll get you. I was laughing my ass off, and I just thought this was good writing, but the, the whole front line when uh, the, the, the black magic lady lit their swords on fire mm-hmm. and they were all feeling awesome good moment. like we got fucking magic swords now <laughs> yeah. and they just ride off and then <laughs> it just gets real quiet <laughs> <laughs> and then they turn oh, around shit. and then you see horses just start running, running back <laughs> the fire swords aren't <laughs> I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot uh, that little girl went up there to that big giant yep go oh, for yeah. her oh, yeah. I didn't fully awesome understand move. the giant I didn't fully understand what he was well, but- so that lady is the Jorah Mormont guy the guy that you're curious about that lady happens to be his cousin, his younger cousin. Is that who it is? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, good good battle, really, for all the Mormons the writers, the, the writers said that she was only supposed to be in one scene. Yeah. Yes. And then they met her. Stole she was it. such a badass. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they had to keep her in there. And they thought such a little person going out, taking out such a big person was a, a beautiful way to close her character. I, yeah. I enjoyed cool. listening to them talk about why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. I, I really respect and appreciate that. I think that Daenerys struggled. She struggled. She she did not impress me. Very that poor battle. military commander. Yeah. She doesn't mm-hmm. know what the fuck she's well, doing. Sansa looked bad too. I thought. <laughs> okay, what's like? Who, which one's who? She rides the dragon. <laughs> oh, the blonde-haired lady. Yeah, yeah. she uh-huh. was disappointing. She wasn't great. No, no, not at all. Jon Snow also not that great. No, he's well, and he's never. Tough. He's. I mean, he's a he's main a character through the entire well, thing. No, I think he's. Connor always been... was wishing his death the entire episode. Oh, absolutely. So, Connor was wishing his oh, death. That's the what entire he does. Episode. He just wants everyone to die. It's no, not, not good true. to him unless people die. No, Connor wanted to be right. 
That's uh, O'Connor. No, no, no. I know Snow's dying tonight. And then Snow was in the middle of something. I think it was dragon on dragon contact there with mm-hmm. the Night King, and they were about to go sword to sword. Yeah. And Connor's like, he's dead right here. I know it. I know it. I know it. I've said it. I said it. I'm alive still. Yes. So here's the thing. Great. Hey, great synopsis. That is basically exactly what happens. Mostly when you're just hanging out with me more because it sucks. But Nick, but Nick, here's the here is the thing, Nick. Okay. I want Jon Snow to die. I, I love Jon Snow just as much as Zito does. You know, Snow is a great, great man. Do you have a Jon Snow sword? Because no. Zito has a sword. Okay, you're right. I love Jon Snow a little less than Zito does. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Correct. Okay. But you did want him to die. But nobody really died, right? No, Theon no, died. He ran yet. right into that fucking Long shit. Not yet. Yeah. Great death for Reek. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hell. Watch him. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's throwing. That guy's just throwing fire arrows around he everywhere. He, he did. did. Good he, for him. He literally looked like Hawkeye. Out there. I, I think the Starks kind of left him out there to die. By the way. Yeah, that's the point. He was supposed to die. Oh, he, Theon was a sacrifice. Uh, yeah. So he he basically fucked over Bran and he. He, he he grew up in Winterfell and then sacked the castle, killed a bunch of people there, mm-hmm. renounced it, and then so his whole journey has been like coming back. His character arc was to done. fight and die yeah, for the Starks. Oh, and exactly. he did by the way. He did. Yeah. He did. He oh, did so he sacked when he sprinted at him. Yeah. He, sacked, he, knew, he knew he was going to die. That was his character coming full circle for sacrificing yes. himself yep. for the Starks. That's why when Bran said like something about your whole life has come to you're a good guy. Yep. Got it. You're okay. a throner, man. It makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. A Bran kid. Not enough credit on the internet. They say he was the biggest waste of a character in the history of characters. I'm like, what are you talking about? That guy, if it wasn't for his eyes rolled back, these motherfuckers aren't showing up. Yeah, and he's also <laughs> calm, cool, and collective under the insane amount of pressure. I mean, he's looking the Night King in the eyes. Only guy probably ever to do that and live. Uh, and also, let's not forget how hard it would have to be to get a wheelchair all the way out to where he was. Oh, so tough. Yeah. That's yeah. snow. Yeah. Back, back then. Yeah. Winter yeah. is there. The Winter did arrive here, though. Winter. Did I got arrive. a couple questions. Okay. I've seen a lot of these episodes. I mean, Pat's only seen one more episode than I have, mm-hmm. so that's all I'm saying. I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, go ahead. I saw a pretty big one. But, and I only saw one Sopranos episode, by the way, and it ended in that dying I'm glad you brought that <laughs> up. You got it, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of questions. Uh-huh. What's bigger? HBO Sopranos, HBO's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Let me tell you why. It's strictly because of social media. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I, I, social I media that. was around when Sopranos then were around, maybe we have Sopranos, bigger show. Okay, sure. next question. Is this the last season of Game of Thrones? Yes. 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 Okay, third question. Why? I mean, it's a fucking well, hey, worldwide... Cr- they're going to read... Hey, they're going to make a movie. Tony, do you want to say They're going to make a movie at some they're doing, point. They're doing, they're doing, there is already a prequel show. Yeah, yeah. they're doing prequels. So they can't pay everyone, honestly. It's yeah, too Gorman, expensive. Hey, yeah. Gorman, Just part, like the NFL, you got to let your players go when they get too expensive. HBO yeah. is also very good players. about making sure shows end on their own terms yes. when they yeah. should, whereas yes. like Showtime drags yeah. shows yeah. out like yeah. two yeah. or three more seasons. And that's why Marvel sucks. Eastbound and down. Look, look at they the, buried, the they buried but, Eastbound and down. But look at yeah. the decline in the quality from the first season to like everyone after that. Like I feel like the first one was so much better than the second. You're one. talking about Eastbound and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just yeah. saying HBO buried Eastbound and down. So what you just said about HBO being good about ending things or whatever they did, I, I think Eastbound and down probably won a season too much. Yeah, I think Flight of the Concords. <laughs> they probably should have stopped it right after yeah, season for one. Sure. Okay, well there, there's two they examples. Tr- they but to go aside exactly. from that, I'd H- assume yeah, HBO is very good about doing that. Like because the Sopranos, same thing that could have went. A, the long, wire. a lot mm-hmm. longer, The Wire, and those creators were basically just like, no, fuck you, we told the story we wanted to tell, it's over, yes. there's nothing more to say about it. So they respect uh, a little bit creative integrity. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Instead yeah. of just kind of... But, but a studio yeah, can suck in something no. dry. But no. a movie studio can buy the rights or somehow that's in... in yeah. No, because not by the rights, but whoever HBO's in bed with, I'm saying there's got to be a feature film coming in two years from now. Yeah, Medellin. Medellin. Right? Or Medellin. Medellin. Talk about Medellin. <laughs> Medellin. <laughs> Medellin. 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 
Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> you know what that means? I I know what Medellin Cartel is. I yeah, mean, but Entourage, entourage. all they did was just keep teasing that this movie, yeah. the Medellin movie Medellin. Was coming. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never came. Never got came. it. Never got came. It, got but it. the Entourage movie did. Yes. Yeah. And it was great. Good movie. It Loved was a great it. Great movie. Entourage, another one should have won less seasons. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure. Definitely. But HBO, I, I think, isn't scared to end a I'd show. I'd say dramas much more than comedies. They'll let the comedies. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, it's probably because. The comedian writers, by the way, are like, let's fucking drain this yes. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, drama exactly. people are probably a little bit more hoity-toity. Like, yeah, We've told the story. Well, that's also, another thing. It costs thing. more to produce dramas than it does comedies. True. With typically. these writers, specifically on this show, they've stated very clearly that they want to go on to do other things. Yes. They're almost kind of sick of the show uh, at this mm-hmm. point. Wow. Same 50, with the actors. 55 days to film just last night. I mean, I get sick of that fucking shit, too. What, <laughs> one minute a night? Yeah. It's because they choose to shoot everything on location. And that's why it looks so good and visually stunning. You always hear that. But it takes a lot of money and a lot of time and effort to coordinate all that bullshit. It was a good show, man. It was a good battle. It was a good battle. Why did you want John to die? We didn't get to that. Uh, honestly, I'm just kinda... because he said he was going to die. It no, was, it was no, strictly it wasn't... because Connor said he honestly, didn't want to be wrong. Well, no, no. Here's the thing. I, That's exactly what it was. But no, but come on, guys. I mean, hold on. Uh, you guys know that I also have been running around this office saying every single person's going to die. So I'm going to get. You know, I'm going to shoot. At least 15 for 20 here, uh, no matter what. So if Snow's one of those five that doesn't die, awesome, because he's my favorite character. Now with that- the, the entire episode. Yes. Anytime Jon Snow was shown on the screen, yeah. you were like, this is it. Yeah. You're, you're literally <laughs> speaking that out loud. Yeah. to watch with. It's oh, very it bad. It well, I didn't know anything that was happening. It was so bad. I mean, it was potential that it was the last. Like I, I just assumed, yeah, he's right every single time. But then <laughs> we got sixty-five minutes into that thing, and I was like, all right, this fucking guy can't yeah. say this every goddamn time. Yeah, he was tough. sprinting after yeah. a night walker with a goddamn sword there, mm-hmm. and they bring everybody back to life or whatever. The newly deads. Yes, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I enjoyed awesome. that. Awesome. Thank Lazy. You. I, I probably should have watched it. Earlier, I probably could add a lot more. Yeah, last ever newly deads, though. Last ever. Mm-hmm. Last ever newly deads. Yeah, good call. Uh, but every single time he said it until that point, I was like, Connor literally has no clue what he's talking about I when don't. it comes to this guy. <laughs> of course not. And also, if you're going to kill Jon Snow, you would have to do it on the final episode. Okay. You couldn't kill him in episode Yeah, so what happens that? next? So. they got to go after Cersei. Oh, we're going yeah. south, baby. Yeah. yeah. She's a lady who looks like Hillary Clinton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's okay. got a, a full oh. army. Full army. Brand new. Well, if if she watched any film from last week, her army is going to outsmart the shit out of the Stark's army. <laughs> yeah. that, that army. She is clever. She's tricky. That's what she relies on, those type of tricks and schemes. Does so. she have a dragon? No. 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 She's got no fucking shot. Yep. What no. are we even? She's still got a dragon left. She's got a, uh, Two big, dragons. a big dragon. Oh, both dragons alive? Yeah. She's yeah. got a weapon for the dragon, though. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's Team USA Ooh. versus Angola, but Angola has 25,000 people. Oh. And a giant crossbow. Yes, yeah. and a giant crossbow. That can kill dragons. Yeah, but that crossbow only shoots one one arrow at a time, right? Bingo. That's a good point. So you got to burn that thing down. Mm-hmm. Listen, just like um, <laughs> I don't want to start patting myself on the back too often, but a Bleacher Shit. Report video came out about Avengers Endgame. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spoiler. You can go ahead and fast forward for the next three minutes. We're going to talk about that movie real quick. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen one episode of this whole Avengers thing. Okay. I live tweeted it. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Which oh, one yeah. was it? Infinity War. The Infinity War. I saw Kazis do all their shit. They did their thing. The whole thing. I watched it. I understood quickly. I was then asked, Super Bowl week, Radio Row. So this is February. I was asked by the Bleacher Report folks, uh, how do you defeat Thanos? I only watched one movie. One time. Not 11 years worth of films here from the Avengers and Marvel and whoever it is. That made it. And I said my answer that is on the Bleach Report video if you'd like to see it. And it turns out I 
I should have just wrote the fucking movies myself. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Turns sure. out I, I should have just wrote the movies myself. Oh, yeah. I Everybody started showing up in the comment section of these videos mm-hmm. saying that I know I must have recorded this after the movie was uh, released. <laughs> That I must have talked to a writer of some. So one person said I, I I talked to a Avengers writer before I gave my answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those things. And what I'm saying is, sometimes movies can just be too predictable, and these multi-billion-dollar movies just seem to be too predictable. Well, so here's a Game of Thrones spoiler for next week. Uh, one of them dragons is going down. The other one's <laughs> burning down the fucking crossbow, yeah. and then they're all fucking dead, and it's well, over. Bobby. And I think um, I think Arya is probably going to do another one. I think Arya is going to have another big moment yep i think they're really building up old aria to be something special here if i had to get and that's our prediction that's a spoiler and yeah. uh cersei is the only name left on her list yeah she has yeah. a list and a uh, lady said something about blue eyes brown eyes and green eyes Bingo. and i guess mm-hmm. old cersei's got the green eyes, green eyes. and yeah. the, the priestess lady said uh you'll end them all or, or over them all or something you'll like close you'll close them all yeah aria's yep. Oh, Arya's definitely going to do that. Spoiler. Lock it up. Jamie's going to kill it. More, anti- more anticipation. Game of Thrones, Sunday night, or the Avengers movie release for this room? For me, it's Thrones. Thrones. Thrones by a billion. Thrones. I thought yeah. it was Thrones, but Avengers was awesome. It was great. You saw it? Yes. Okay, so you liked it. I loved it. Nick loved it as well. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was a perfect, I called it, someone called it a victory lap, and I love that. It's like a great way to close way. out a lot of those character storylines. Zito, you how'd you feel about it? I absolutely loved it. Okay, Connor, how did you feel about it? I uh, hate victory laps. If you can watch one of the 80 movies they made and then tell you how it's going to end, no thanks. I'll watch the rest. So Connor hated the movie strictly because I predicted exactly how it was going to end. It's a pretty bow <laughs> under it, it's a pretty bow under the Christmas tree that the 5-year-olds go down and celebrate Santa at. I'm okay on that Christmas tree. I'm out. Oh, uh, I don't like the superhero movie because the good guys won at the end. No, that's uh, no spoiler. No, the, uh, well, <laughs> hey, there you go. And, well, we uh, already said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone. And, and also, I mean, everyone with a brain knows was, yeah. that they're gonna win. Uh, exactly. 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 Yeah, exactly. So you might as well take some guys down. By the way, speaking you. of spoiler, down in Perth, Australia, on Friday night, a teenager got the piss beat out of him oh. by the group that was going into the as Avengers movie. Lashawn McCoy, because he was doing spoilers yeah, on the way out. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Same thing happened to Lashawn McCoy. Lashawn. McCoy almost got ruled off of Twitter because he. Uh, oh, he was chirping. Can't be doing uh, that. Put some yep. spoilers out on the Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw it before I saw the movie. I was not oh, happy. No. Oh. <laughs> still, still cried though. Still great. Still cried. I mean, what's the spoiler rule, Tony? What? What's the know. spoiler rule? You know, for know. movies and TV. I say so. Like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is a live event, yeah. just like a football game. Yeah. You live tweet Game of Thrones. Okay, a movie's different. I give a movie two weekends. If you can't go see it the first weekend for some reason, you have a second chance to go see it the second. So what weekend. happened in uh, the Avengers one? I can't. I can't spoil it. No. I told the internet how it's yeah. yeah, you got to fucking you I, gotta jack I the rock. Question about Game of Thrones, real quick. Uh, so for live TV, how does that work for West Coast? They want the Game of Thrones. I think is six o'clock West Coast. So I, I don't think like a lot There's of things they air. A lot of things they air at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's literally the, every yeah. People are all watching it at the same time. worldwide. Mm-hmm. Which good idea, by the way. Yes. A yeah. lot of the people that don't do that are absurd. The people that don't release tickets at the same exact price. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Kardashians won right against uh, the Battle of Winterfell to launch wow, their. Next. Chris, I think she knew. Hey, Chris Jenner, normally on top of it. Normally. Right? Normally, Normally, Chris Jenner has a bigger brain than everybody else on planet Earth. Just going head to head there with fucking Arya. I think it's smart. <clears throat> Why? 
uh, in in four weeks, what are you doing on Sunday? Not you, watching Thrones. That's when you start their season. Thank then. you. That's when you yeah, start. Yeah, exactly. But there's still a void that needs to be filled, and you know. Cri- so Chris- it's not. So what you just said is not right. Well, yeah, but you watch those four episodes that you missed because of Thrones, right? Right away in, in a week. Uh, this is so probably like the most talked about TV episode ever. Ever. Yeah. Um, Would have stayed away from it. Still a bad move. If yeah. I was them, the spin zone here is amongst themselves is if they do bad, which they might have been planning to do bad, it's, oh, we were going against Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. like a good way to maybe extend another season, not that the Kardashians... not a bad idea. Bad episodes out of the way. Bad, No, not even the bad episodes. I'm just saying, let's say they've kind of fallen off a little right. bit. Let's mm, say they yeah. don't have as good a ratings. Mm-hmm. A good excuse would be like, well, yeah, I mean, we're fucking going against the Battle of Winterfell. What do you want from us? And if they do good, we were going yep. against Game bad, of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Battle of Winterfell. Well. So maybe yeah. Chris... Chris Jenner, I think we know. Kim owes she knows. money. What's for that? the for the TV show alone, Chris Jenner was like, "God damn it, the two youngest ones have no personality." Like, so when the other yeah, girls exactly. get too fucking old, the show like they were hoping They're to carry that torch. Yeah, yeah, you tweeted at Kim Kardashian that yes, she owed you money. Why is that? So uh, let me pull it up here real quickly. She <laughs> put out a post at um, nine twenty seven a.m. this morning. Mm-hmm. It was her wearing this pink jumpsuit, and it was just a bunch of emojis. And, and I said, leak exclusive set, set photos from the upcoming Power Rangers movie literally one minute later. She then deleted her original tweet okay. and then put up a new one that said, and the caption was, Pink Power Ranger Kimberly. Wow. Okay, there's a buzz. I T-Bone, you're like friends, huh? I don't know, T-Bone. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know totally if she owes nice. you money, but you definitely should try to get into the writing there at the reality, <laughs> yeah. at the reality house. That's that where I need to be. Come on, That's yeah. where I need to be. Good for I'm you. I'm just saying, like... I mean, how much is how much do you think one of her tweets is worth if it was a sponsored post? Millions uh, of dollars. They said in the Firefest documentary, didn't they? Yeah, but who knows if those are accurate? I mean, honestly, she could throw me five, five hundred, five dollars, five hundred, five thousand, five hundred. Any of those work? Anything? Do you think? Were you the only one that said Power Ranger? I thought about checking that, but I was—I mean, I was sixty seconds in. I'm sure maybe she has a lot of followers. Maybe three hundred people said it, but if I'm one of the three hundred, yeah, but that's if you see that right. If you, she, you were a part of the wave that she was like, oh, much better caption here. Boom, boom, boom. Bang. Good for you. Look at you in the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I hate that. You're influencing the influencer. Oh, yeah, look at That's you, good. influencer. Hey. I hate that. Come on, Charlie. Hey. Influencer. Your, your favorite influencer's favorite influencer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, someone's got to be king of sorority Twitter. I mean, yeah. it's just, it just is what it is. Not yet. Yeah, you haven't got in there. They're yet. on to me. They're getting the crown out, polishing it. I haven't seen a lot of effort. You were the draft weekend kind of took you for a little bit there, though. You got a couple days. I tried Thursday night. It's um, sometimes it's deflating. It's tough. Hey, sorority Twitter comes and goes. No judges, though. No no judges. No judges. Exactly. This is a judgy free zone. Listen, getting a tweet to go viral is not easy. It's It's not not easy at all. It's got to be brutally honest. It honestly isn't. I mean, so you trying to get in sorority, I mean, sometimes you're going to have to swing at some things that you. Some pitches are going to look like uh, fastball. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to break off a motherfucking plate. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you're just going to be uh, sitting full there, swinging and missing. Mm-hmm. But at one point, that hanging curve is going to sit up oh. there. And you are just going to take it out. Oh. And sorority Twitter is going to do a victory lap with that motherfucking yeah. thing. And it's going to go. Just in the meantime, it's a real tough look for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no judges. I think everybody hey, that's hey, following hey, hey, a king's a king. You yeah, know? No judges. I think everybody that's following knows what the deal is. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious that your tweets are meant for one. 
very particular purpose. Mimosas, baby. Also, also it's it's more difficult now because the people know and they're Correct. commenting, and the yeah. comments are probably preventing sor- the sorority girls from taking off. You should see the com- a there's a lot of comments, uh, a lot of no judges comments, no oh, yeah. and then a lot of oh look at dicks, <laughs> a lot of, oh look at dicks. But the people that are retweeting that in the sorority Twitter, they don't read the comments below. No, 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 no. that's no. true. No, they that's just true. let them just goes. I don't, I don't think the comments are going to be the death of you. No. no, they see the Greek letters and then they, you know, retweet it and then to on to the next one. I have to change my name. Yeah, you got oh, to yeah. be, you got to be uh, alpha, alpha, alpha. Yeah, exactly. Theta, beta, eta, whatever Tony, it is. Tony yeah. Tridelts, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of the sororities. <laughs> <laughs> Info, no judges. No judges. The no workout communities, they go like behind you too. What else happened? Anything else happened? Uh, we, had, we had some basketball. NBA. We had some basketball. A lot oh. of traveling. A lot of people talking about Harden getting fouled all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now he's got to stop jumping he, forward. He jumps like six feet forward. I mean, big Jim Harden. We all know he's six five, but he can't be jumping five feet forward. Kevin Durant is unstoppable. Really, really he's good. Best Incredible. It's going to be fun to watch next year in New York, boys. Hey, more like Seattle. Gorms, that's what I said. I think Seattle gets a team back, and he joins them, and then I like Kevin Durant They're going to get a team like in three months? Yeah, like in three weeks? Yeah, Yeah, can you turn around? Well, how much does it cost? Kevin Durant's got, what, half of what it needs, right? I mean, let's just do that (laughs) and then just pay him a ton of money. I would love a team in Seattle. It'll be fun. Those fans get Seattle after it. Seattle would love a team, too. Yeah, yeah. 12s get after it, man. An expansion team in the NBA right now, I'd have to think upwards of Eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah, how much? It's at least a billion. It was like six fifty for an NHL team for Seattle. Seattle, so. Seattle, also a very expensive place. I think yep. that, that's at yeah. least a billion. A, a at least a billion. But you know what's a good thing about that? Um, Northern California. Oregon, Seattle, yes. there's a lot of fucking money over there. Uh-huh. Somebody and, would want to jump in. In a basketball team with Kevin Durant on it in the first season, probably goes to the finals and also probably makes like a billion dollars, right? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, so except I mean, for the, except for the finals part, but yeah. except for the finals part, but still probably pretty close. And I don't in know the if end, you get like Kyrie over there. If you get Kevin Durant and oh, Kyrie, yeah, yeah. I'd say that team's probably going to go to the finals or Zion and Fort. What are you calling them? What's the team name? Uh, the Seattle. I don't know. There's a minor league baseball team called the Vibes. Oh, I like that. Ooh. This weekend they released their uh, new mascot. It's a fucking s'more. It's electric. It's my new favorite, I think. It has a little flame yeah. going off the marshmallow. It's good. It's a good look. It is a good one. <laughs> In my head, Seattle immediately thought of weed. Of course, I mean I'd Washington. Be I'd be disappointed, yeah, if they don't bring back the SuperSonics. Super It'd be a bummer Can if they? you thought of yeah, Washington. I'd assume they could, yeah. unless Oklahoma City bought the name. They would have to sell it back. I mean, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp are pretty scary dudes. I don't think anyone's going to stop them from calling it the Seattle Superstars. I respect that a lot. The vibes. He looks like the Kool-Aid man, but just a marshmallow. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's awesome. I like him a lot. Um, anything else happened? No, I went on a. I ate a lot this weekend. So. Nice Reese's eggs. I was fasting until the draft, and then I ate a lot. Now I got to get back skinny again. It's good. It happens. Still clean. The brain feels a lot better, by the way. Really? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Clear. It's no, it's just faster. Everything's just much faster. Yeah. It's uh, it's Too a whole. Di- Funny how that works. Thanks, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing I don't think you even know. Fuck <laughs> twenty-two, man. It's twenty-two. No, it feels a lot faster. It feels good. I haven't been this way for a long time. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been on the vitamins yeah. pretty heavy for a slow you down. A couple I mean, years. The good thing about it is it can take your brain into places and perspectives yep. you normally wouldn't. Deeper. But it is slower, for yeah, sure. It's a lot slower. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. We got some massive news potentially breaking here in the next couple of days, yep. mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Somebody could potentially be back in the Brinks truck up here. Hey, Probably not, though. Probably not. But potentially. Potentially. I think Friday might have helped some things out. So thanks again to the NFL and the Colts for letting me do that. 
uh, and the NFL Network. Appreciate you so much. Rich Eisen helped out immensely. <laughs> New OCW tomorrow. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yep. New OCW tomorrow, which is going to have people talking. Let's go. I'm excited for that. Last week's got over 250,000 uh, views across all platforms. For sure. Which is hilarious. I had to go to battle a couple times on the internet with some wrestling folks. Let them know we were a real promotion. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, use right. that hashtag. And we are for sale. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We million. are for sale. 10 million post taxes. Post taxes. If you want to buy OCW, hashtag. the newest, hottest wrestling promotion on the market, we are for sale. 10 million post taxes. So depending on where we set up our business and where you're from, depends on the initial offer you have to make. Hell of a deal. Anywhere from 16000 to 20000 probably. And if you doubt that, that valuation. Sorry, 16 million, million, yeah, yeah. million. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And if you doubt the valuation, like you, a lot of you probably watched the first one. You're like, well, they, that's it. They're never going to outdo the wrong. first one. Wrong. Oh, you are fucking wrong. Wrong. Well, I mean, wrong. the first thing. Uh, the first better thing, and better. The first thing Pat and good old Ty Schmidt said was worst call was the devil match. So, I mean, yep. you have something to look forward to. It gets yep. better. So, a uh, little inside baseball. The devil match was the last one we recorded. <laughs> what? On the first night. Yeah, yep. it was the last one we recorded. Huh. So, everybody was a little bit tired by then, crowd included. Mm-hmm. This next one was the first one we recorded. Yeah. There is some juice in the room. OCW comes out tomorrow noonish, noonish, depending on how uh, long it takes to upload. And aside from that, hope you guys have an incredible day. Thank you so much for all the love on the internet. I can't thank you guys enough. For myself, at Tom McComas, at Diggs, at Nick Morado, at Hey Gorman, at Hey Gorman on Instagram, <laughs> at Viva Lazito, at Boston Connor, at Evan Foxy, and at Ty Schmidt. We are so thankful for all of you. You're the greatest. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. Darling, darling, I'll turn the lights back on now. Watching, watching, as the credits all roll down. And crying, crying, you know we're playing to a full house, house. No heroes, villains, one to blame While wilted roses fill the stage And the thrill, the thrill is gone Our debut was a masterpiece But in the end for you and me Hope this show, it can't go on We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh Wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Know that we are sold out. This is fading. 
But the band plays on now We're crying, crying So let the velvet roll down Down No hero still that's one to blame While the dead roses fill the stage And the thrill, the thrill is gone Our debut was a masterpiece Our lines we read so perfectly But the show, it can't go on We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time 